This is Advanced Listening. The podcast responsible for the 1906 San Francisco earthquake. The podcast that totally punked you outside of that liquor store and stole your new kicks. The podcast that hits so many home runs. Barry Bonds is afraid we're coming for his record. With your hosts, Darth Nooch and Obi-Ryan Kenobi. of the world the damned are we abused and beat we're left for dead we raise our head for we are are strong and they are wrong so scream with me I do believe I need your help for I have knelt held fists at the sky and cried out why your shouldered strength it gives me length We lift ourselves together, meld. So take my hand and don't look back and sing with me. Let new life be. Old life, goodbye. And now we die. For we are one forever young. And with this now we die. And we Damn, it's motherfucking Machine Head Week! Yeah, I was about to say, and with that... Now, for those that don't know, a few weeks ago, we did uh, we did Primus, which is which is essentially my favorite band, right? Yeah. And now... Now, it's Machine Fucking Head! Machine Fucking Head! Machine Fucking Head! That's my favorite band. Now, isn't this... Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but isn't it from your hometown... No, uh, Machine Head is from Oakland. I was born in California. In, in California, I was born in Fresno, California, and raised in uh, Modesto and in Yosemite National Park. My grandparents lived up there. I spent years with my grandparents in Yosemite. Um, Oakland is, you know, hour and a half away, and I spent a lot of time in the Bay Area. I, I you know, what I mean, I lived with my aunt in San Francisco for like a year, but. No, they're from Oakland. So right around the corner, though, they're they're a Bay Area band. Yeah, they are from my neck of the woods. All right. Now we're doing this a little different, and before we dive too far into it, I want you to kind of explain why. So last week we did uh, what is it, Red Hot Chili Peppers? Yes, sir. 
right? And we did just a few of the albums. We did like the first five or six, and we're going to come back and do the other ones. Now, with this episode with Machine Head, we're actually doing their last five albums right now. Yes. So they have nine albums. So in the same vein of uh, Chili Peppers, we wanted to split up. And there's a very clear defining uh, 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 line with early Machine Head and late Machine Head. Uh, when Phil Dremel, the guitarist of, of these five albums, when he joins the band in 2003, you get... It, Machine Head starts changing, right? Machine, early Machine Head is, is this really fast thrash metal, this Bay Area thrash metal, really tight songs, right? And then when you get... Phil Dremel joining in 03. Now you have Dave McLean and Phil and Rob and, and Jared. They they start really playing with their their sound and and, and start experimenting and it creates a, a, a five album stretch of Machine Head that is just some of the most amazing shit. Uh, and I, I have to second that. So walking into this, I of course I know who Machine Head is. I've known who Machine Head is for a long time, but I didn't know that I didn't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, what you don't know will kill you. And and after as soon as I dude, as soon as I dug in, let's start with uh uh through the Empire of Ashes, right? First of all, first of all, yeah, I love that. It's through the ashes of Empire. Oh, but, God damn it. <laughs> but the Empire of Ash actually like makes my brain tingle trying to figure out what well, what is an empire of ash? That sounds so fucking dope. Like through the ashes of empires, I know what that means, right? right. It, it, you're talking about all these empires that have come and fallen. You know what I mean? And then we're living in the ashes of those empires: the, the Roman Empire, the fucking Mongol Empire, of uh, you know, uh, 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 the United Kingdom's fucking the sun never sets on the UK Empire. You know what I mean? But an empire of ash. What is that? Is that like is that like a dragon's empire? Is that like a dragon has burned everything and this is his empire of ash? Hey, do you remember uh, that movie uh, with McConaughey in like a Yes, yes, yes. Reign of Fire. Fire. Like that final that final battle where he's going all crazy and he like jumps into the dragon's mouth with the with the axe. Like, fuck it. Ah! Yeah, that that the surrounding area would be the Empire of Ash. <laughs> okay. Okay. Here's the thing about that movie that drove me nuts, right? At the very beginning of that movie, young Christian Bale goes into the cave with his mom and finds a dragon, hilarity and mayhem ensue, right? Right, right. And then during the opening credits, yep. what you see is a series of newspaper clippings and newsfeed articles about dragons waking up and taking over the world. Yeah. You motherfuckers, why the fuck did you do that? You should have made this movie a trilogy, and the first one is the dragons taking over, because goddammit, I need to see AH-64 Apache Longboat attack helicopters fighting motherfucking dragons. And I need F-22s and dragons in dogfights. I need dragons fighting A-1 Abrams tanks. God damn it! And? I need it! And? Nooch, I fucking need it. I need that shit in my world and in my existence. And? and how dare you? How dare you, Hollywood? Fuck you, Hollywood, for taking that away from me. And we need at least three movies of bald, bearded McConaughey with a battle axe. Like, 
Right. In, right. Covered in tribal tattoos. That is like the ripest Dude. I've ever seen McConaughey Dude. too, by the way. I don't give a fuck how you feel about like chick flicks or any of that shit. That is McConaughey's uh, that's his best shit. I don't give a fuck what anybody says. Like he I, was so ripped in that movie. The movie, the movie you follow. The movie mode is pretty fire. Don't get me wrong, but uh, Rain of Fire is is is. What are we doing? Are we not? We're we're talking about. I don't know. It's Machine Head Week. You got me talking about dragons. Listen. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. Through the ashes of empires, right? Yeah. Through the empire of ash. Yeah is the album we started with because that's that's Phil's first album and there's this like I said this five album stretch what you get is Machine Head uh, uh, especially in Through the Ashes of Empires is this is their transition album they're going from what they were doing on uh, you know the Burning Red and Supercharger and the more things change and uh, Burn My Eyes for our listeners we will cover those albums in a later episode oh yeah oh yeah don't get it twisted I love those albums those are the albums I grew up on but this five stretch this five album stretch is something um, magical I I mean it's fucking magical I I cannot stress enough okay so check this out here's a quick take on on walking in the machine head okay if if you just pick a random song it's really easy to pick what I would consider probably not not your song right and so just random machine head it's easy to to pick up the vibe of these guys are just okay I get it it's a really brutal band right but once again that's service listening shit right if you go to something like through the ashes of empires there i said it right um and you start on track one like i did uh motherfucker like i don't even know what to say dude i this is one of my new favorite bands for real real talk you have converted me to i actually kind of somewhere on my body and very small print want machine motherfucking head like um, you converted the next song on this album is 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 uh okay do you remember when we t- did the campfire jamboree episode and we talked about how nickelback does a dimebag daryl tribute song yeah, yeah name on a bullet yeah yeah right yeah fuck nickelback and fuck that tribute song because the next song on through the ashes of empire is called bite the bullet and that that my friend is a tribute song to motherfucking dimebag okay not that garbage Nickelback tried to pass off his fucking real bite the bullet you know the only is reason Dimebag Daryl tribute song that Dimebag Daryl would bump the only reason uh, Nickelback really in my opinion got away with that fucking name on a bullet song is because they sampled a Dimebag solo and threw it in there Oh, how precious yeah yeah no so alright but Through the Ashes of Empire is this 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 whole album is really a, a transition for the band from the tighter, faster, more Bay Area, it, they're always they're always doing Bay Area thrash metal. But you think of their first four albums as more of like Kill 'Em All, Slayer type thrash metal, right? <laughs> and then when they get into Through the Ashes of Empires, they start experimenting with seven minute, six minute songs, something they hadn't done before, right? Seven minute songs, six minute these long, longer songs that are a little more intricate right? right and what they what they really start playing with is orchestrating their music in a very 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 complex way and they they kind of gain confidence on through the ashes of empires in doing this because the next album the blackening is 
It's nine songs. It's an hour and a half long. And there are like four 10-minute songs on that fucking album. They they really start playing with their sound on Through the Ashes of Empires and become this thrash metal band that is these long, elaborate, orchestrated, very intricate, very much every fucking piece is thought out and 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 deliberate yeah, no the level of complexity that this band brings and not even just complexity the versatility in this band as far as instruments and vocals go uh it's 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 something to feel passionate about it is something um that I, I feel like this this music especially once we start here like i said i haven't dug through the early albums yet but starting right here at at ashes of empires right yeah, you you can't. It's made to be advanced. Listened. It's made to be. Oh yeah. To there are so many little fucking things to appreciate in these albums, and I'm actually I'm gonna skip about halfway down the album, and I'm gonna bring up what I'm pretty sure is my favorite fucking song on this album. It's called Vim. V I M. The drums in Vim will make you hard. No, look the drum. The drums in Vim will do one of two things they will either motivate you as a drummer as a drummer it will either motivate you or it will completely fucking crush you like i have uh the the the, i've heard them live right but i've also heard them play i've heard dave mclean just play the drums for vim for about a uh not the whole song just about the first like two minutes of that song the rest of the band left the stage and Dave McLean just plays the drums from Vim for about two minutes by itself. And it's fucking amazing. And they come out and Rob is just looking at Dave like, you want to do Vim? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, I kind of want to do Vim. And they just do the the, the opening guitar slide that brown. And that was it. And then they just moved on to the next song. They didn't play Vim. <laughs> well, well, Dave, is it David McLean? Dave McLean? Dave McLean. This dude is one of my new favorite fucking drummers, bro. He is so cool. It's like if you can take some of your favorite things about Chris Adler and some of your favorite things about Joey Jordanson and then put them in a completely unique and different person, and there's your Dave McLean. Dave does – Dave. okay, so Dave does something with his drums a lot, um, but he, he, he really starts playing with it on Through the Ashes of Empires. You don't hear it as much in uh, – the more things change in Burning Red. But what'll happen is, is they'll drive forward with this song. This song will be pushing and grinding and driving forward, right? And then everything else will stop and it'll just be Dave's drums going, these chugging drums that almost grab you by the back of the fucking neck and rip you yeah, back. No, that's exactly it's like, no, no, I can't move forward. I'm stuck in the mud. That is such an excellent way to describe it because like when it, these songs, for some reason, and maybe it's just me, maybe it's just you, maybe our wonderful listeners don't really, I don't know, but there's something very visual. Don't, don't, don't make excuses for those horrible, horrible no, people. Be. If they wanted to be better, they would do better, but they don't, so they can't, so they're, they're not. They're doing better by listening to the podcast. Do you forget about that? Yeah, well, you know, you can you can educate a pig, but it's still stupid. Oh my god, I hate you. Okay, so. No, you love so, me. You love me. They hate me. They hate they me. Love, they sure. love you, and that's what you love and hate. You hate 
they love I love that they no, hate you're them. like why do you want this abuse <laughs> <laughs> are you not entertained you fucking okay man. so it's there's something you, you remember uh, and I don't mean to keep bringing up Primus but the emotions that it invokes is similar which is now why I understand why it's your favorite band right I really do um but there's something very visual about listening to the music like yeah there's the a story you know the third song on this album left unfinished oh, man, what a if, you, if you if you have shitty parents you're gonna love that Dude. song if you've got shitty parents you're gonna look for uh, uh, that song is all about dealing with the emotional muck as a grown-ass human who had to deal with shitty fucking parents and then realizing how much of that that shitty parenting actually influences you as a grown ass person you know what i mean just realizing oh i do this dumb thing because of my mother or father and their dumb See, and that's something else you know what's really cool about and it's and i realized it not even like the third song yeah third song left unfinished it's about the time it really hit me okay and keep in mind for me this is my my first uh well this is my earliest machine head album i've listened to right the lyrical content that is in these songs are so much more <laughs> complex than the music leads, right? Like you think, all right, we're gonna make songs about being angry, but like, no, dude, like, it, no, but it's not just about being angry. There's a justification to the anger. It's, it's not, look, hey, we're mad and we're angry. It's more, this is why we're exactly. angry. It's a therapeutic session where you're not discussing your emotion you're discussing the things that leads you to those and, emotions and the, the the way it's executed is just fucking beautiful dude um and there's something else i want to bring up that uh it's one of my favorite things to talk about anybody that listens to this podcast knows how i feel about two very important factors on every album right every album and those two important factors are what orion the opening song and the closing song i fucking love you I love you. Look, it, it, the the one of the myriad of things that Machine Head gets right, what they always, 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 always seemingly get right, always. is the opening song and the closing song. Their opening songs are relentless and driving <laughs> and masterful, and their closing songs will bring you to they tears. Can. The, the the closing song on Through the Ashes of Empires, by the way, my favorite Machine Head song. Descend of all the shades. Time. Of, no, yeah, Descend the Shades of Night. Descend. The Shades of Night is the song that will be playing when they light my dead body ablaze in the Pacific Ocean during my Viking funeral. Hey, Descend. Descend the Shades of Night. That, uh, I fucking love that song. That song gives me goosebumps. It is it is a it is a song about a, a person who has lived their life and they are coming to grips with their own mortality in their final moments and they're saying fuck i live my life i had a good life fuck it bring it on descend uh, the shades assuming that you die before me i will uh well i know we've both come to the conclusion that you're immortal but we're not going to talk about that right now um assuming it's not that i'm immortal 
It's just that I'm pretty sure I can't be killed by mortal men's weapons. Okay, that's that's fair. We'll dive into that next time we get into the weeds. But with that being said, I'll make sure that if you croak before me, I will fucking ship you off into the fucking ocean or down a stream, and we will fucking mosh to descend the shades of night. The intro to that song is elaborate, long. It is emotional. It, there is a there is a they, there's a thing that they do in that song where they they, they play these uh, uh, more angry, aggressive notes through the verses. And then when the chorus hits, it's this muted tone uptick, right? Where, they, where, they're, where they're playing more of a, 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 a saddened note, right? And there's a longing and a lament to the fact that they're going into the night. Descend. Descend the shade. Something night. else is like, this, is, dude, this fucking band, what's the vocalist name? You know all their names. I'm still learning. Rob, Rob Flynn. Flynn. Okay. This motherfucker, I have mixed emotions about, but at the end of my argument, it's all positive, right? I think vocally, he is in a box, right? He puts himself in a box. He put himself in a box in the first four albums. But, he doesn't sing, quote, sing on the first four albums, a little bit on the Burning Red. There's a couple of songs on the Burning Red he'll kind of but sing. What, but what he but, does, he's a goddamn master at. He he knows how to work what he has. And especially... He is very comfortable inside his range. But on the Ashes of Empires, just like the band starts expanding and, and experimenting with their sound and their range, he starts expanding and experimenting with the, with the range of his right. vocals. But, and, and, okay, here's, you know something else that really, I just now noticed that actually really pisses me off? Musically, musically, 2003 was not really a great year. (laughs) Yeah, and this album came out in 2003. How is this not the greatest album of that fucking year? How did this not win a Grammy for Best Metal Act in a year where there was just... And how did I not hear it until 17 years later? Like, uh, you know what? You know what? Here's the thing that gets me about Machine Head because they've been one of my favorite bands for years, right? I've known about them for a long time because they're from the Bay Area. They tour in Northern California a lot, and it, they're Northern California friendly. Yeah, you know what I mean. People in Northern Cali, especially Raider fan in Northern Cali, they tend to know Machine Head because, for those that don't know, you know. Machine yeah, Head is Raider. Yeah, fans. Ryan uh, was privy to that, and I'm a closet Raider fan. Um, he is a, he is a closet Raiders fan, but yeah, the Machine Head is, is they're Raiders fans. So I find that even people who like heavy metal and loud and aggressive music, not a lot of people know this band. They have a very very concentrated and 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 loyal following like the people who know this band fucking as soon as you said the loyalty i fucking get that because after just rocking this first album actually let me be honest because i am trying to move on to the blackening so that this point will lead me to this point the very first machine head album i ever listened to was the blackening and we kind of mentioned that on a previous episode uh i listened to the album it's in, in its entirety with with me really paying attention advanced listening right um as soon as I made it through that album, I was like, Orion, oh, I, I, I think this might be one of my favorite bands now. Like, I, I hate to, to be late to the fucking party, but better late than never. And after I made it through this album, I was just like, motherfucker, I can't wait to dig further into this shit. 
And um, as you make it through through ashes of the ashes of empires, uh, and you go into the blackening, I I felt it, dude. I fucking felt it. I'm like, I I fight somebody over this band. Like open your mouth, open your fucking mouth negatively, and either either we're gonna box, or you better bring a cohesive, coherent argument. Right. If you if you look at me and you say, "Oh, you like Machine Head? Oh, they're kind of average." I I might just punch you right there. What that means to me is even if here's the thing, even if you don't like the band, even if you dig through and you still don't like it, that's okay. But for 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 you for anyone to have like negative things to actually say for you to be like oh it's not my kind of music okay maybe sure i can do that right but this band is uber fucking talented and they are constantly listen you talk shit about this band and you may have to like put eyes on the back of your head because i'll shank they're incredible dude they're so incredible now i want to talk about the blackening all right so the blackening like i said through the ashes of empires is a a transition album. They're experimenting with these longer, more elaborate, more intricate songs. Ooh, the shit. blackening, the blackening. They're like, they're they, they. You know, if if through the ashes of empire is them smoking weed for the first time, the blackening is them straight and, up shooting heroin and and, and, you know and doing I mean? coke and, and banging hookers all at the same time. And, and heroin, coke, blow, meth, smoking <laughs> PCP, all at the same time. Like they smoked a joint and did the. Did the through the ashes of emperors you're like oh i like weed let's do all the drugs now, at once. here's how i feel about the blackening and you might not like yeah wait wait yeah. real quick the blackening the, the there's eight tracks well there's there's 10 because they do they, there's a couple of covers but just the the originals right it's eight tracks right it's an hour and a minute for eight tracks to play there are 10 minutes Five minutes, six minutes, five minutes, five minutes, nine minutes, nine minutes, ten minutes. I'm not even giving. I, I know the seconds matter, but yeah, yeah. just the minute counts. There are some long, elaborate, intricate, no. orchestrated. However, you want to describe it. I'm gonna bust out my thesaurus and find out more ways yeah. to say intricate. Because this is the part that dang. I said. I don't know how you're gonna feel about this, right? Uh, uh, the 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 feeling and and the execution between ashes and the blackening is is day and night, right? It, it is all it is completely different. And the way, dude. You cannot find enough ways, like you said, to say the word intricate. The fact that they play this fucking album, anything off this album without sheet music in front of them, blows my tits off. This is, and, and check this out. Here's the part that I don't know if you'll like. After listening to the next, no, wait, this album, after listening to I the next it. three albums, there has never been an album like The Blackening. This album it's is so ornate. It is standalone in, in their library. This motherfucker. It's not my favorite, mind you. It's not my favorite. But this, well, it might be. Yeah, it might be my favorite, actually. This might be my favorite. All right. So so the shortest song on this album is a song called Beautiful Morning. Morning is in I'm in morning, not morning is in ing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The breakdown in in this song is some of the most tastiest fucking breakdown shit you've ever heard. It, it, they 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 build this song, build this song, and then they take you up to the top of this mountain. They look at the bottom. There's a slight pause, if a hesitation, if you will, before they push you 
down the fucking mountain. It is so heavy. And then they get into the uh, the interlude um, where they, they talk about the, uh, the death of angels and crying angels, right? While the, the angels are crying while the demons sing is such a beautiful fucking image. You know what I mean? These sad crying angels while demons are singing with joy. And it's... It's another one of those things. Uh, I'm going to call the last track on this Wolves, right? Or no, Farewell to Arms, right? R- wolves is, okay, but, but we can't get into a Farewell to Arms. because you. I know. No, 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 no. I'm just going to say, I'm not considering the two bonus tracks whenever I say this, right? Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. no. With just that being said, original. this is another example. You're going to hear me say this probably. I don't give a fuck if I made my point. I'm still going to say it. Another example. First track, last track. And and uh, I'm not saying that they're the best. I'm just saying that they're incredible. It's a, it's, it's, it, I'm not saying that you need to make your yeah. best fucking songs on the first and last. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you need to come in strong and you need to fucking finish strong. And anything in the middle is icing on the cake, right? But you got to start strong and you got to fucking finish strong. And this band makes that into a goddamn art form. Yeah, Clenching the, the Fist of Descent is one of the best Ooh. opening songs next to, like, say, Blind by right. Horn. You know what I mean? It is truly spectacular and then to close with a farewell to arms which i don't want to talk about just yet because that song has a, a, a i want to bring up halo that song is beautiful yeah i want to bring Damn. up halo as well halo okay let, before i move on the first and last track on the blackening they're both 10 minute plus songs so i mean if you want to talk about opening with a big metal dick and then closing with the sweet tender cuddling of a farewell to arms the blackening gives it to you this is i've already said it and i'm just repeating myself this is the most unique standalone piece of work that they have i recommend everyone experience every track on this motherfucker from start to finish and what's great whenever you mention uh clinching the fist of descent bro when that song starts when that song no just by the time that song is over it's like somebody just grilled a beautiful piece of meat in front of you and now you're ready to fucking devour it right like dude it 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 is such a journey that that song takes you on it's a 10 minute plus long song and it feels like three four different songs dude how many of their songs and i'm not trying to say that it's what they do but on this album specifically how many songs feel like three or four different fucking songs almost every one of them one two three four at least five of eight songs do that 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 thing like halo like let's talk about halo halo is five very specific measures. Like, okay, I, I don't even want to talk about it in the in the guise of like a rock or a, a you know a standard music, right? I want to talk about it in the way you would yeah. talk about a symphony, right? Because a symphony has movements to it, right? We call them tracks now, but movements used to be offshoots of a single through line. Right, so you would create this symphony, and you would have this through line throughout the symphony, and you would go off on right. these musical because it's telling it's telling a story without words. Yes, so Halo is very much 
a symphony yeah. of fucking metal. It has got a single. That's such line, a good way to fucking describe right? it. I'm sorry. Continue. But there's at least six very distinct measures in that song where they explore a musical tangent and then they come back to the through line and then they go off on a different musical tangent and then they it's come kinda, back to kinda, the through line. That's kind of how we do the, the podcast. Solos, <laughs> the solo there are there are there are at least three solos that on any given song you'd be like that solo was one of the greatest solos i've ever heard and there are three of I wanna, them i want to bring something up that we kind of mentioned as uh the first time i was listening to this i kept contacting you on marco polo and i would i don't know let's just say i hit you up somewhere around third track aesthetics of hate you know but you could also contact me at yahoo at advanced listening pod at no, yahoo. you know what that's just advanced saying, listening pod at yahoo.com right why don't you it doesn't even have to be hate mail if you're doing something that we've set out for you assholes i'm sorry you people to do on our yeah. hey 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 i know i I'm... call them assholes i got it i don't got steal it. my shit you you uh beautiful people um if you're making your way making your way through the album and you're just like fuck i get it dude like you could literally send us that just says i get it let us know you know here's the thing here's the thing not not to like go off on a tangent and bring us back to the through line but the thing about halo is it's a song when you listen to it you're like that song is amazing I guarantee you they had sheet music in front of them when they had were to. playing that song in the studio. There's no way had they to. play that live. Well, you you can kiss my machine head tattooed ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't it's not on my ass, it's on my calf. But either way, I do have a machine head tattoo. Yeah, yeah. That's how much I love this band. Halo is their closing song. They play yes. it live all the fucking time. And they are, th- th- this is a band that if you think they're really good on the album, you have no idea because live, they're they're so tight, they're so clean, and they will play with their songs the way that you think, you know, they're not just regurgitating the album version of a song at you, they're going to play yeah. around with it, you know what I mean? I've heard versions of Halo, Halo's like 9 minutes, 13 seconds, right? Is it? All right, all right. 9 minutes, all right. 17 seconds. And I've heard versions of Halo that are 14, 15 minutes long. The first time I heard them play it, I was standing under Phil Dremel, the guitarist, with just this goofy ear-to-ear grin on my face, happy as Augustus Gloop with his fucking head in a goddamn yeah, chocolate no, leg. I... You know what I mean? Just a fucking fat kid covered in cake, happy as fuck. And Phil looks at me, Everybody's but got the metal face on, yeah, you right? No, it's a metal concert. You look like, wait, stop. Let me cut. I'm jumping in. You look like a kid that is seeing the real life Captain America for the first time. And like your eyes are glowing. And if it was an anime, they have like little stars drawn in them. And your mouth was probably open with a big, stupid fucking smile. You probably weren't even headbanging. And you might have been crying. I wasn't headbanging. I was just staring lovingly yeah. in joy and ecstasy with the stupidest, yeah. biggest grin. It was like it was like Superman actually landed in front of you and was like, "Hello, Ryan." 
Yeah, it was it, it was like a child meeting Superman. You know, I was just so You know oh, why? I, you know yay! I fully understand that. Uh, just a short tangent. The very first time I saw Les Claypool live was not Primus. It was the uh, Lennon Claypool Delirium and it was at a music festival. I was sober, okay? I mean sober enough. I'd been smoking weed and I had a beer or two, but I wasn't on like any real drugs, right? I am doing exactly what you just right. said. I am basically about, I don't know, 15 fucking feet from Les Claypool. And I'm I'm on the barricade and I have that exact look that you're uh, saying on my face. But I am crying like I'm having an emotional breakthrough on mushrooms. You know what I mean? Actually, the people around me probably thought I was fucked up. But I was super sober. I was just seeing my hero in front of me for the first fucking time doing what he does best. And it was such an overwhelming feeling. So that's, that's the reason why I kind of predicted where you were going with that is because I've done that too. The anime character is an apt comparison because that's exactly yeah. You're just I like had the big anime eyes with the, oh, you know what I mean, and the super smile with the stars, exactly like bigger you know, than your actual so head. So, yeah. yeah, so much so that like Phil looks down at me because I'm right below him at stage level, right? He looks down at me. And is like taken back <laughs> by the look on my face because it's not something you, you were on seeing, I imagine. <laughs> he double takes me and then gave me a little fucking all right, all right, dude. That dude thought you were tripping your nuts off. I was not that high. Phil Dremel <sighs> thought you just took a bunch of peyote and huffed a bunch of gas before you walked. <laughs> I had I had just smoked <laughs> a bunch of mescaline while like mainlining yeah. fucking. He was like, "Damn, that dude found the good shit." He's like, "I'm gonna have to find him after the show. He knows where to get it." And you know what you told him? You know what you told him? when he okay, came up. So here's what I want to do. I want to talk about a farewell to Arms, and then maybe we take a break and then come back with the last three albums in uh, uh, in the yeah, second. And we're like, not done. Yeah, you're right. Of awesome. Yeah. No, we're we're not even halfway. Well, wait. Farewell to arms. I need to I need to explain this okay. first before you go into your fucking your big thing. Um, this is a song How that I, this is the only song I think I had heard from Machine Head previously, right? And it was a kind of a background thing. I don't, I cannot explain the context, how, where, why. But I, as soon as the song came on, I was like, oh my God, I've heard this, but I've never really, like what we do now, I've never really fucking listened to it, you know? And, um, the experience that this song gave me for the first time sitting at my computer dude it was borderline i'm being so fucking serious it was borderline it was borderline erotic borderline erotic like it made me think and feel and headbang and move and just like a farewell to arms at, at this point for me going through machine head this was the best song i had heard from them i love and once again i'll fight a motherfucker over this song you want to you want to say you don't like it that's one thing you want to talk shit about it let's box i love the fact that as we were going through the library or as you were going through the library you Every song, every other song seemed to got. I, I get a message saying, "Hey, I, this is my favorite Machine Head song." And then, like, an, a half an hour later, because it takes a half an hour to listen to two of their songs, he'd text me back and be like, "Hey, this is and my then favorite I ended Machine the album. Head song." And like, by the time we get to a farewell to arms, and I'm I was like, like "No, yup. this is your favorite Machine Head song." <laughs> yup. 
uh, a farewell to arms. In my head, I see D-Day through the Vietnam through the Vietnam War, through the first and second Gulf War, and then it ends with my personal experiences in in Iraq. I see this montage of American military history over the last hundred or so years. You know what I mean? I get that. Like World War One is is what we're. 101 years removed from the end of World War One, but when this song opens up, it very much gives me this feeling of being on one of those duck boats in the Atlantic, moving up on you know, Normandy. Let me also say, regardless of where you go it, it, when it, you hear this song, just the fact that you're you're reinforcing something I said earlier. For some reason, the music is so visual. There's a yeah. visuality to it. It is undeniable. But uh, this song starts off very... This is another one of those very orchestrated symphonic songs that go off in tangents and then comes and brings you back to a through line, right? This is why I feel like this song is almost a montage of... You know what I mean? I see D-Day. I see... Uh, Just a plethora Fighting of- on the, the, the... You know, in the jungles of Vietnam. I see, you know, the invasion of Baghdad. I see this stained fucking... Ups, ups and downs and victories and defeat and uh, loss and sorrow and anger and just like, it's... Yeah. it's... <sighs> there's there's pain and then there's, there's, there's unbridled yeah. relief. You know what I mean? There's a kind of anguish that is coupled with a kind of... I, I don't know... A, dominant feeling of of winning you know what i mean and being there's there's a there's a joy for life and and a recognizing of mortality there's a there's a real pain and loss and and sadness and there is a a lot of but fuck i'm still alive and at the end of the day i'm still smiling i'm still alive i don't know man this song this song is you know it's really cool uh, before we get out there's a melancholy there's a melancholy to the intro to this song that is is not necessarily a looming danger but it is like a acceptance of your fate you know what i mean it this that's why i see the world war ii guy going towards the, the beach in normandy you know what i mean it's not looming danger it's acceptance of fate you know what i mean it's like this is what has to be done this is what's going to be done fucked up as it and, may be you know no it, it brings me to a, just another thought about the band in general how how we've discussed a lot of different uh facets of how they do what they do um the the visuality it's okay you don't have to even know or understand the words to get the vibe you know what i mean you can still Very feel true. and see the picture being painted before you without even understanding what the fuck he's saying. Now, I'll also say he's not that hard to understand if you're listening. No, even when he what? even when he growls, he's he's very got he's got a very uh, clear oh. enunciation. Chad, words, Chad, even when he's Corey and growling. Phil are all harder to understand than this guy. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So, real quick before we end the segment, how did you feel about the two cover songs? They do a, a, a okay, okay, cover, okay. and they do a Metallica so, cover. Uh, 
I, I got to tell a quick story about our communications during this. And then it's funny. I'm listening to, I did not know that. Uh, oh, wait, this isn't that. Album. No, it's not that album. It's a different Halloween album where they, where they did a couple covers. Never mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's um, the Unto the Locust cover. Okay, yeah. I liked that's How Priest. That name? Is that Maiden or is that Priest? I was no, it's Iron Maiden. That's Priest. I think it's Iron Maiden. Is it? Anyway. Either yes. way, it's either a Maiden or a Priest song. Those two bands are so goddamn similar that I never fucking bothered to keep them straight. And if you're a priest fan that hates Maiden or vice versa, you can both. Suck. I don't. I don't know how you. I'm never mind. I'm not doing. Both. I'm not putting myself. I'm not exposing myself like that. I'm not. I'm not doing. That. I don't, I'll no, expose I'm myself. Not. Come fight me. I'll fuck you up. Um, you, 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 goddamn priest maiden fans. You're all like 20 years older than me, and you're gonna come fight me with your goddamn dirty jean jackets with patches on them, with your fucking Marlboro Reds rolled up into your sleeve. I'll kick you. Thinking about it, I'm 90 percent sure it's maiden. But okay, so here's what I liked about here's what I liked about Hallowed Be Thy Name, right? <laughs> um, it's clearly that song right they didn't they didn't they didn't mess with it too much right yeah vocals were so good like the song itself is great they put their own spin on it to be clear it is not a straight up cover of hallow be that name but it's close they they they, it is it is it is very very close with a little bit of a machine head twist but the fucking vocals on that song for me and i'm not a big maiden fan sorry guys uh yeah, it was better than the original. Um, battery, I'm not going to say it's better than the original Battery because I'm a fucking Metallica honk, sorry. Um, but I will say that is the best Metallica cover I've ever heard. Ever. Battery, look, I, yeah, I like yeah, Metallica, yeah. especially the 80s Metallica, right? Battery is one of my favorite Metallica songs. I think Battery is well, one of the hardest, yeah, fastest there. Metallica songs. Right? It's up there, right? How do you make one of Metallica's can hard I, can and fast songs harder and faster? David McClane. Yes. Yeah. You give it to Machine Head and let them cover it. This song takes a hard, fast thrash metal song and turns it, it into a relentless beating. It is it, you're getting gang jumped. You're being jumped. It beats your fucking ass for like five fucking minutes yeah, it's, 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 it's basically like this like if you were in i've never beating. seen machine head live but here's how that cover of battery made me feel right let's say machine head just played one hell of a set right everyone in the audience is tired and they have splooge all over them because it's the best show they've ever seen and and everyone's fucking almost done but machine head is not done they kind of look around at each other and they're like you know it's got a little bit of gas left in the tank and then they're all like yeah i got some gas left in the tank and then that happened yeah yeah machine head covering a metallica song that is one of my favorite songs is akin to tool covering a led zeppelin song that is one of my favorite led zeppelin songs and yeah how you gonna compare tools cover of no quarter to to machine heads cover of battery that's how suck my balls this is how you advance your listening
Here, buddy, girl. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey, man. Hey. Hey, man. are you? My voice. Hey, man. I wish I could do that. I could, I, could, I, could, I could. Okay, so dude, I'm fucking feeling this. How low can you go? I get, need you get down low. I need you to know that for your favorite band, right? I fucking I enjoyed this homework so much. Like, and this album that we're about to dip into. Which, uh, hold on, I'll I'll get to that. But I want you to know that I'm feeling it so hard right now. I'm in a great zone. I've been drinking mimosas and bellinis all fucking morning. <laughs> I got, I got a couple blunts rolled up and see for me this isn't this isn't a job man this is like an experience you know what i mean for me and for our wonderful listeners stop it first of all no they wouldn't know an experience if it slapped them in the fucking head they do it is right now right now is this an experience for them this is this is this isn't a job this is like the best thing to do all week <laughs> but i'm saying i actually put like i've got my own little workstation set up and it's like if i worked for a company i would be fired immediately because there's like blunt wraps and blunt guts and i got some blunts i'm um, if i haven't made part oh, yeah. Christmas my, my, my workstation would have me in trouble i have i have I have my weed jar out i've got yeah. my grinder i've got one bowl packed i've got a bong bowl packed and my, you know what I mean? My little weed ashtray is sitting here. Uh, there's a uh, sugar Pepsi because I don't drink carb. Uh, uh, listen, listen. Not to go off on a weird random tangent very shortly, but corn syrup is of the devil, y'all. So of the devil. It's of the devil. So the I don't drink corn syrup, but I do like I do like Mexican style Pepsi's. The, the old Mex. I call Mexican Pepsi's because in California, back in the day, the only time you ever saw them was at the Mexican stores and at the taco trucks so because they're pepsis made with real goddamn cane sugar yeah it's made with real cane sugar you're gonna love this story so i'm in it's before i moved to new orleans right i'm I'm walking around and there's this little taco truck that fucking sells those uh not just mexican cokes and pepsis but like all forms of soft drink but they're imported from mexico so they're you know that they're made with that that fucking cane sugar right so they're always superior i'm sorry but they are like they are fuck you if you don't like it this is not an opinion based thing this is a fact this is a fact it's a fact um but anyway you drink a so, you drink a corn syrup soda you feel heavy afterwards you drink a sugar soda you just it doesn't feel as heavy you're not as jacked up on it's caffeine. actual it's actually refreshing right but anyway right look, look, the look, caffeine look. level goes down too because for whatever reason there's less caffeine in a sugar pepsi than a regular pepsi you well, know because, I mean? and the sugar and the caffeine kind of balance it out for whatever reason it i don't get the thing you know it's it's an american consumerism thing like i'm not buying something with caffeine in it unless i'm gonna get jacked like <laughs> like no wait so i buy this i buy a coke right because i like i'm a coke guy i like coke and um I'm, I'm walking away and i'm talking to my wife on the phone and i'm walking past a group of people and i'm like oh yeah man i just got some mexican coke phrasing boom first out of here my wife totally knew because I'm always I'm on about that shit. Like anytime I find them, I, I buy them. Right? I got some Mexican Coke. I'm walking past these fucking people. It never even crossed my mind until I saw them like shoot me a look like they wanted to buy some blow. Like 
Can we have some of your Mexican Coke? No, go buy your own. Get it at the taco oh, truck. Go to, the, go to the taco truck. The taco truck has the Mexican they Coke. Just sell Mexican Coke right there. Like, it's no big deal. That was, okay. Yeah. yeah. Let us suffer unto the locust. Oh, dude. Oh, dude. So, but before I lose this thought, before you get into it, I just want to say one word about this album. What? Emotions. Yes. If, if the blackening is their experimental orchestrated symphony of metal so beautiful the the album the next album unto the locust is a straight up love letter to the hardcore machine head fans it is it is a love letter in no more than six different ways orion have i ever mentioned to you what i considered to be uh really important aspects of an album have i ever brought this up um maybe but if you're gonna bring up the first and last track that nailed it this album how did you how'd you know i was gonna go there because one of the many many things this band does right every time consistently is first and last man first and last and i want to start with i am hell so check this out and and i know you look as a dude that knows machine head i know you could basically pilot this whole fucking episode yourself without getting a crack from me edwise you could right but with, probably i'm tr- I, I have to try really hard to just shut the fuck up and let you go but with that being said i am hell dude so <laughs> This song opens up with like a almost a minute and a half, goddamn, like like this slow fucking orchestral, really beautiful fucking like, and you're and you're sitting there. You know what? This band, real quick, this band, their use of violins and cellos, in yeah, their, especially in their opening tracks, is some truly amazing mixtures. That's that of third metal instrument. and classical yeah. fucking violins and cellos. Or that, that's that fifth instrument I was trying to talk about before you wanted to fucking get Shut into your filthy Paxton. mouth. Shut your filthy mouth. You made me talk about Bill Paxton. Bill Paxton is a goddamn American treasure. I quit. <laughs> okay. All right. Look. I am hell. Yeah. It's a sonata in C minor. This shit does. That's literally what the name of the song is, by the way. I am hell a sonata in C minor. You're you're riding through this, and I, here's what I'm imagining, right? I'm imagining being that guy. And by the way, we're talking uh, 2011, a time where metal was trying to figure some shit out. But you know who wasn't trying to figure some shit out? Machine head. Machine head. They do. They were not trying to figure some shit out because they knew what the fuck they were doing. It's like it's like, please back away from my barbecue. I got this. This this whole album. There's only there's only seven tracks on this album, right? The third. and every single one of them is just a punch you in the face. Hey, grab you by the shirt. Listen to me. Listen to yeah. me. The first three words. Bang your fucking head, and you will fucking like it. The first three words of this album start out with "I am death." It is so much. It is, and, and it's not just the chug. Look, this song. Whenever this song is like doing its thing and it's playing the instrumental, I know, I know this isn't true. Okay, so I don't need emails telling me you're stupid, Nooch. But I feel like this band invented the guitar chug. Right. Right. There's some chug in that song. And it's just then, like just chug. It's the fact that they take control of it. It's their chug. And you will yeah. split. 
like but then you go to the next song all right look be still and know has some ha, 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 the solos and then the drop in between the two solos are just some of the that like they're like hey can we reinvent the guitar solo real quick just hold on hold on wait here you go here you go and the, the drops in between be still and no oh, wait just this fucking like you get whiplash here's something about this band that i i remember saying to you throughout the week i really wish what i'm going to start doing from now on and i'm mad that i didn't do it this week is i'm actually going to start taking notes right you don't take notes i mean i have before but i didn't this week because to be honest with you whenever i sat down and started doing it i was so just i don't know the word i was just consumed my attention was literally difficult to draw away from the music and i kept following you and i told you i was like i'm not going to talk to you about this band this week we'll just catch (laughs) up on the podcast and i'll be goddamned if i didn't fucking walk through almost every album with you right but with the uh the 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 this is the week i didn't take notes because i know this man yeah, so well i, say, I actually no. went through all five of these albums about four or five times each but if there was one thing somebody asked me like all right nooch you gotta pick one thing yeah, my candy you gotta pick one thing about this band <laughs> that you consider excellent <laughs> above all else you got a gun to your head right and i gotta pick one fucking thing what i'm gonna pick is breakdowns yeah, their breakdowns are intense. You could literally make an instrumental album with their breakdowns. Right? Like, no. So then, they, okay. I'm going to keep us moving because yeah. the next song I really want to talk about, it's Locust. called Locust. Locust! Right? So, <laughs> so Locust are these fucking little monsters that come, they consume everything, and they fly away. Right? And this song is a metaphor for a person comes into your life consumes and destroys everything and then flies the fuck away and and leaves you in a goddamn aftermath to suffer unto the locust and dude how and it's not to me there's a difference between pandering and being relatable right like how you you name one person that's never experienced a human like that i don't know but look as a fan of this band they're one of the consistent themes in in rob's lyrics is his childhood is the fact that he's been fucked and fucked again by people who were supposed to be the ones looking out for and taking care of him. And you know, there's there's a few songs, and I'm not going to name the one that we're working towards. I'm not talking about that one. That one's a given. You already probably know where I'm going with that. But yeah. there's, there's a few songs on here where he mentions that his music is his power, right? There are some, yeah. I can't tell you a, 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 pers- a straight lyric offhand or anything, but there are several songs throughout the library where he mentions more than once that what what this what this shit is to him you know right this it's not just a brand i'm not just a rock star this is this is my power this is my art this is my weapon this is this is the whole this is the thing that fills the hole you know the 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 song that you're specifically talking about i want to i want to want to say for last on this album yes but the other two songs that i really feel like i, I again there's only seven songs on this album but this is the end and who we are I like who we are a lot. I really these two songs are love letters to hardcore machine head fans. They are 
everything that like at least in my very 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 educated and skilled fucking opinion shut the fuck up no i won't in this band you can suck my you know machine what? head tattooed balls get it that's how it felt on primus i was like <laughs> i was like, oh, listen these two songs this is the end and who we are are love letters to hardcore machine head fans mm. they're relentless they are fast they have excellent, excellently fucking masterful solos that don't feel like guitar masturbation, but actually fit inside the context of the song, even though they're fucking shredding. You know what I mean? There are drops that make your head fall off your head, See, off your neck, because you will fucking headbang that goddamn hard. I will say you're a guitar player. I, I'm sorry I'm not good with the names yet. I really am. I, w I want to show them the proper respect. Phil Dremel. Phil Dremel. Okay. Phil Dremel and Rob Flynn. Rob Flynn plays the rhythm. And when you look, I've listened to this band for years. Like, I can tell you the difference between when Rob is doing a guitar solo and when, when uh, Phil is doing it. Phil is a lot faster and a lot more intricate, but Rob has this anguish. There's an there's a pain in his guitar that, the, that Phil doesn't. Have. He loves the minors. You're absolutely right. And see, I didn't know. And the guitar slides, those guitar, those monster guitar slides that. Those are always Rob. Rob loves you know, that. What's shit. funny is while I was doing my homework, of course, I like I said, I don't really know the band as intimately as you do, but I'm definitely whenever we dig in, we dig the fuck in, right? I definitely could hear the difference in the solos, but I didn't know what the difference was. And now that you have said that, it actually kind of makes perfect fucking sense. Um, but wait, wait, wait! Oh, fuck, I forgot the point that I was gonna make a second ago. This is the end, and we were we who we are as uh, love letters. You remember, you remember how we were kind of discussing the vibe of, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but when we were discussing the vibe of the Peppers, we we were kind of talking about how that it's like that Soul Cal Beach party, and you're not fucking invited, right? Yeah, it's the party you want to be at, and, and everybody you wish was your friend, you listen, but doesn't really know who you are, you listen to, is definitely when at. When you listen to who we are, and I hear you say that it's like a love letter to machine head, hardcore machine head fans, I don't doubt you, but at the same time, the entire time I've been listening to this band, they throw off the vibe as if they're, they're the band at the party that you want to go to, and you are invited, you know? No, moreover than that, they're at the they're at the party at the, the 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 abandoned house that everybody is invited to, regardless of whether you would invite them to your party. Right, because you would like you wouldn't. We're all fucking welcome. We're, look, over here is where you can go smoke weed. You can go do coke in that room. You can go do meth in that room. Heroin's over there. The beer's back there. If you're a straight edge, the kitchen is where you can find all the hors d'oeuvres. Yeah, I um, I but that's what what I'm what I'm getting at is that because especially it started out as a big local band <clears throat> in San Francisco, right, or Bay Area, Oakland. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Bay Area band, and they are heavily embraced by the Bay Area to this day, right? And and I just want to say, as somebody an outsider, right, that didn't know the music, didn't know the music, didn't know the Bay Area thrash <laughs> vibe. I, I never you know I never felt like this music was exclusive and that I, I had to be in on the joke you know what I mean <laughs> you know where else the Bay Area they have a huge huge following in the Bay Area you know where they're they're they're, they're probably their biggest following outside of the Bay Area I want to guess but I'm I, I'm gonna guess I'm gonna say that it's like the UK yes yeah they're fucking massive in England. you know why I knew that 
the Brits love this band. Because the Brits, in my opinion, they, when it comes to metal, they have really impeccable tastes. Yeah, they they they're discerning. Iowa was a discerning palette. The number one album in London. Of course it was. Like, come on, bro. Not, and I'm not talking about. Just the you know that. Star. You know I mean, that they've number they, one. It was like they can't. Machine Head can't really seem to break into the mainstream, the quote mainstream of metal. But, you know what I mean? Like, like if you were to like this, your Slipknots and your Lamb of Gods, right? I always hold Machine Head in that same caliber as your System of the Downs and your fucking, you know, uh, your Deftones. But a lot of people wouldn't, right? Except for in England, where they're definitely, oh yeah, fucking Machine Head. Oh, fuck, he loved Machine Head. Oh yeah. <laughs> That fucking band. They know how to fucking bring it's, it. Machine fucking head. Are you talking about a machine fucking head? Can, oh, fuck yeah, man. Guys, here's what I can confidently say about Machine Head, right? Like, like straight up, it doesn't matter what album, doesn't matter. If you like metal, if you're into metal, you will more than likely really like this band. Because, it, especially if you listen with any kind of depth, uh, you, you're you're just like you're you'll be impressed. It's hard not to be fucking impressed, dude. These motherfuckers yeah, it's, are it, like, it, they're they're very good, talented, and yeah. unlike unlike a Ben Sevenfold, who's very good, they don't really feel the need to show off outside of the context of the song. Like their their little flares and their little fucking guitar solos, all the shit that you would kind of think of being as a a, a showy move doesn't feel showy in the context of the song because they are giving the song its due first right right and and there was something and there it, was something you mentioned earlier when you were talking about how it's not guitar masturbation what's funny is listening let's just say you were you were surface listening you might even consider it guitar masturbation because it is shredding its dick off right yeah they shred. but if you're listening if you're if you're listening there is a and i i think a jim root james root whatever you want to call him uh, whenever he plays a stone sour, he does something really similar. He'll shred, but there's like a theory to it. There's a there's a very proper pattern that these notes go into, and and it's more than a fucking. It is it is the stroke of a beautiful, delicate brush. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. and Machine Head is so, guilty of that throughout the catalog. Absolutely. So, let's get into it. Not yet. The last. Yeah, the last song on this. On this no, album. yeah, I want to do the Sentinel first. I want to tell a funny story about the Sentinel. Oh yeah, go. For so it. I'm making my way through this album, and I'm telling Orion that he needs to go fuck himself because I don't want to talk to him yet. I want to just listen to the music, and we we keep talking any goddamn way. But um, I make it to the Sentinel, and I'm not a big like classic hair metal guy, and it's not that I don't like it. I'm just not very well educated on it, and what little I do know, I'm not a huge fan. It's just that's sorry. Um, I'm listening to the Sentinel. I don't know it's I never really liked the screaming metal. Either. I just got into like the it. High, yeah, the, the high pitched voice metal, like your maidens and your priests. Yeah, I, I mean, like the, the I think the greatest thing that ever happened to metal was the growl. Agreed, agreed. And then, um, uh, not that Kurt Cobain brought it around, but that that mid range, uh, Kurt Cobain, that mid range, yeah, I'm big, I'm big into that real mud band, kind of like what Chad's real into. Um, yeah. Oh, anyway, anyway, so I'm listening to the Sentinel, and I don't, I do not know it's a cover. And for those of you that, uh, there you go, spoiler alert, it's a fucking cover. It's a priest cover. And and I'm listening to it, and I, <laughs> I, I hit Orion up. 
And I'm like, dude, something about this song feels retro as shit. I was like, I don't really know what it is. It's good. You can tell it's Machine Head, but bro, something about this song is just not Machine Head. And then Orion comes back with like, yeah, bro, it's fucking, it's it's Maiden or Priest or, or whatever. It's, it's Judas Priest. I was like, oh, well, shit. Oh, okay. All right. Never mind. Never mind then. I just, I wanted to tell that story because it was funny. And if nothing else, it's definitely crediting me to paying attention to what's been going on throughout the live. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm like. And then, and then again. The, the, there's another cover on this song called on this album called Witch Hunt. It's a Rush cover, right? And much like the Beatles, if if the covers of your songs are always better, you're shitty. You may be good songwriters, you, you just you can't sing. You know, okay, so God damn it, Getty Lee, you fucking asshole. You, you know, I'm, Witch Hunt is the best version of that song I've ever heard. You know, I'm a huge Neil Peart guy, right? Like I'm a big. Yeah, Neil is amazing. I'm not taking anything away from Neil. Yeah. Neil is truly of course amazing. Neil. If I were Neil, I'd have left that band years but, uh, ago. I'd have hit up well, the remaining members of Led Zeppelin and been like, what's up? You want to do Bro, something? fuck that. Check this out. He didn't leave because he was writing all those incredibly deep, powerful songs that everybody gave credit to getting lead to. Anyway, that's not what I'm getting. That's not, that's not, God damn it. That's not what I'm trying to get at. My point is, me being a huge honk for fucking uh, uh, Neil Peart, I will say uh, Dave, Dave McLean, right? Yes. He walked all over that song with his big hairy nuts, just fucking swinging around, being a incredible fucking drummer. Like, I, 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 he's honestly, dude, he's my, he's got to be in my top five now. Like, he is just, yeah, he's he's been in my top five for a long time. Fucker is is a goat. He might not be the goat, but he's a goat. He is, he's, he's he's right he's up there, walking around in the pen with the other goats. Um, so let's do it. Right, let's do it. The darkness with it. So I want, I want, we'll talk about the song and then I'm, I got a story to tell that you're going to back me on. Okay. So this song, uh, this whole album is very aggressive, very, very aggressive. Right. And you get to the end of the album and they do the darkness within an acoustic version. Right. Now, but what, now, throughout the song, before you do acoustic, we skipped the fact that during the album, the darkness within is like midway through the album. And I'm sorry, but I think it's my favorite on the album. Even just, it's, it's very, it's, it's very different from what you've heard from Machine Head because he is kind of singing here, right? It's kind of, but there's a lot of like you use the word lament a lot, and it's there, bitch. His voice has got so much emotion running through it. Like you have to be a, a there's an there's a lot of anguish there's a lot of fucking you feel it. but there's a hinge of there's a tinge just a fucking hint a sous-son if you will of hope in that yeah, song yes yeah dude yeah dude like it's so at the end you get to the acoustic version though right and and you said you 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 related it to the uh the the season finale of it's always sunny in philadelphia in season 13 where they are always pulling the rug out from under you so you you get very much used to it right and when they don't it's jarring right and when machine head goes through this whole acoustic version you even though it says acoustic right the whole time you're thinking they're gonna come in they're gonna come in hard and they never do and it's jarring that they don't and it makes it so fucking jarring is just i don't i honestly and everybody oh nudes you're exaggerating i don't know if there's a word in the english language to define uh, the power behind what happens at the end of this album. Um, it is a sucker punch. It is a blind side. And it is, for me, 
uh, one of the most powerful musical events that's ever happened to me in my life. I'm getting choked up talking about it right now. Okay. Um, the chorus, so the chorus of this song is, we build cathedrals to our pain, establish monuments to obtain freedom from all of the scars and the sins lest we drown in the darkness within and the song is about being so abandoned by all the things that were supposed to be there to protect you and being so left out in the cold by everything parents school religion society everything right and finding your own religion in the music that you play, in the music that you listen to, in the music that speaks to you on a soulful level. It is a song that is, is specifically written to the kind of people that would advance their fucking listening. True that. It, it, it is so incredibly powerful when he talks about discovering God in the notes of these songs that he loves so much. And I, look, look, I'm, I'm an outspoken atheist, right? And I, uh, as are you, um, I understand exactly what he says in that moment. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna get so deep that we get it all uncomfortable up in this bitch, but I will just say that like, as a person who has always made an emotional connection to music, uh, this dude, this dude successfully conveyed everything I never knew how to say. For anybody, look, he says we build, uh, uh, stand before the altar, we build a shrine, is one of the lines in the second verse, right? And the the altar he's talking about is the stage we stand before when we watch our favorite bands play. And the altars that we build, anybody who's ever had a little corner of their fucking room devoted to one specific band, you got all their little albums, you got a poster, you got a little fucking uh, cup that you got at a fucking uh, a concert hey, once. I, I did that with Slipknot when I was like 15. I had like a Slipknot oh. bedroom, bro. I have two very, very, very specific altars in my little man cave right now. My, I don't call it a man cave. It's a dragon's den. But I got a machine head altar, and I got a fucking Amonamara. I have altar. a Primus. So I have and a Primus altar above my bed. <laughs> this is the the stage we stand upon, uh, the stage we stand before, and the altars we build. He's talking about loving the music that you love, and and that is your religion, and that is your freedom, and let it set you free. And I. I think it's incredible because if we're being fucking serious about it for a goddamn second, that, I mean, literally, this emotion that, that we speak of right now is, is how you and I got onto the path to making this stupid fucking waste of time podcast. Like, it, it's it it speaks to me on a level that's so powerful that I want to speak to you about it. It's like how a devout Christian feels when they're trying to tell you about Jesus. I'm like, bro, listen yeah, to this. Yeah, I want to be – I want to be – I want to be a proselytizing vegan knocking on your door and explaining the powers of a vegan diet. Yeah, I'm serious. I'm like, hey, just for a minute, put these headphones on, listen to the song, and tell me how you feel. <laughs> like, you know, wait. Like, like, I, listen, have you ever tried CrossFit? Hey, have you ever tried organic tofu? Do you know about tantric sex? Have you even tried chai tea? Have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Have you ever eaten an arugula burrito? Can I tell you about the mysteries and wonderment that is Jehovah and the mysteries we have witnessed? I would also like to introduce you to my God, the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Hey! Hey! 
Can I show you my gun rack? You fuck yeah, dude. Actually, I'll be excited for uh, on real talk. Whenever I lived in Arkansas, I had so many different friends that had all these guns, and I like guns. I love I, whenever I hear the word gun rack, I always think of the Wayne's World line where he goes, A gun rack? A gun rack? I don't even own a gun, let alone many guns that would necessitate an entire rack. So I used to I used to work with this dude, uh as generic as this name is, I'm going to drop it because there's 10,000 of them in the world and you would never find him. His name is Sean Smith. How fucking... Oh, I know Sean Smith. So, Sean Smith, dude I used to work with. Everybody knows a Sean Smith. Go fuck yourself, right? Um, yeah, that's... I swear to God, it's not made up. Anyway, I used to work with this guy when I did Heating and Air, and he's a little older than me, and he's a retired army, right? And he was like, not a hick. He was actually pretty pretty cool for an Arkansas boy, right? And he was like, okay. like hey man, uh, you, do you want to come see my guns? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I want to come see your fucking guns, dude. Like, this... Yes, of course. This dude lived in a very modest little house, right? Right. With a little modest backyard. He drove a little modest little, like, S10 truck, right? And then he had a goddamn arsenal in that house. It was... It, dude, it was something out of a fucking comic book. It was stupid. The only thing it was missing was like the dry ice creating the smoke and the sliding panel coming out of the back wall. Like it didn't have any of that. It was all in like cabinets and shit. But this dude, seriously, he had at least 30 different firearms and all the more. I was like, this is like so cool. I don't know how we got onto this. Um, oh, hey, hey. So I want to tell a quick story about the darkness within. Actually, can I start? Yes. Okay. So disclaimer i don't give a fuck what any of you think about me neither do i by the way with that go fuck yourselves that be, you're all stank you're not no i don't don't okay anyway. discover discover the wonders of so people stop it stop tell the story okay i think i know what story you're in you do um i i was listening to the darkness within i i no no i wasn't i was listening to this fucking album Right. And the album is coming to an end final track. And I'm like, well, here we go. Machine motherfucking head. You have done nothing but impress. Let's see what you got. Right. And it begins to play the darkness within acoustic. And I, I found myself just in a, in a really emotional state. And I just started, I started losing it, dude. I started crying, but I, I, I pulled it together and I was like, I'm okay. And I tried to talk to Orion about it. And I, I, as soon as I even started to talk about it, I fell apart. I was like, dude, I, I, I've never, I, especially one of my friends, I have never, especially over a song, called somebody to just outright cry to them about this fucking song. And I did. I cried my fucking What was, and it was, what was my response? So it takes a minute, but Orion comes back with snot in his fucking nose and tears falling down his fucking face. And he was like, dude, I'm so glad you fucking get it, dude. And we were two grown ass men crying to each other about a song. And I even, I, that was actually how I broke the ice is I was like, imagine trying to fucking explain to people, Orion, two men in their mid to late thirties. <laughs> crying about a fucking song crying about a fucking song but that's how good it was i stand by it i'm sure if i did it again right now i, I would have a similar reaction probably a little bit more controlled because now i'm expecting it right but that well that's the thing that's the thing that that machine had like and it's consistent 
their opening tracks are fucking amazing and relentless and fucking driving and their closing tracks will bring you to tears you know what i mean and especially okay so the next album bloodstone and diamonds the cover of which i actually have tattooed on my calf i fucking love if descend the shades at night is my favorite machine head song bloodstone and diamonds is my favorite machine head album. i think it's my favorite album too dude i really 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 do um and to to just start this party off once again that opening track now we die Oh, no, no, no. I'm it's the poem. Sorry. The 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 poem that I recited at the beginning of this episode was is the uh, interlude to "Now We Die," and again, "Now We Die." Beautiful use of violins and, and uh, cellos at the beginning of the song that leads you into this song that is aggressive and angry until it is so sad. It, it's uh, it's it is dynamic at its core. You know what I mean? Like if you if you're like, what do you mean about a song that's got a lot of dynamics to it? Now we die. Open up Bloodstone and Diamonds. That fucking and and once again they do this thing where they're like they strap this seatbelt onto you and then they punch you in the fucking throat and they send you on the ride. Yeah, and then the next track, Killers and Kings, is Machine Head doing. Uh, like old, like it's an old school Machine Head song. You know what I mean? It's a song that you would have hear, heard on Supercharger. Or More things change. Dude, it really is. You, it is fast paced speed metal. You can, you know what I mean? You can hurt yourself to the breakdowns in these songs. The next two, Ghosts Will Haunt My Bones and Night of Long Knives, are like okay. When we were just talking about some of the breakdowns that'll fuck you up in Machine Head, those two songs are just riddled with breakdowns that you will bang your head through a brick wall and not even notice. You'll hurt yourself. You you will. Uh, it's funny, and I'm, I'm actually not joking about that because, like, I was getting down real hard whenever uh, – not along knives, right? I was getting down yeah. super-duper hard to that. And then, like, it goes into this breakdown. And after everything kind of calmed down and I, like, took a breath and was like, Jesus, dude, calm down. You're by yourself in your living room. You're not impressing anybody. Like, stop fucking flailing around. And, like, I realized, like, God damn, my neck hurts, dude. I think I pulled something in my back. Like <laughs> – that song night of long knives has a guitar slide and subsequent fucking wow 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 that will run from the top of your spine down to your heel back up to your eardrums and make your nuts tingle like you're upside down on a swing yeah but what's funny is like right as it gets back up to your eardrums after doing that weird thing all over your body it like like Chung Lee kicks you in the fucking neck. It's so much, dude. It's like, yeah. There's they, they do that a lot where they where they come in and they caress you lovingly, only to beat the shit no, out of you. To beat the shit out of you, exactly, dude. Especially like I hate to backtrack. And while they're punching you in the face, telling you this is because I love you. I only do this because I love you. It. You're into it. I'm like I know. I know. <laughs> I need to be beaten up in bad machine. I love you too, machine. Thank you for this. You want to talk about the next track? Yes. I think, As we sail into the black. I think this is my favorite Machine Head song ever. I think this is it. Like, for me. This is like the 17th time you've said that, by the oh, way. Oh, really? Yeah. This is my favorite fuck. No. For real, out of, uh, it's taking out, I honestly want to put, uh, God damn it, why can I not, The Darkness Within. I, I'm putting that bitch up on a shelf by itself. I'm not going to compare any other tracks to that. Um, I just can't. And I'm not going to, but out of the rest of the library, 
Sail into the Black is is for me, for Nooch, the banger. Like, do you know why I knew you would like that song? Because much like in the Desaturating Seven Primus album, it's so visual. It takes you on a musical journey, and you can see it. It's very visual. It's so visual, right? Yeah. Sail into the Black is an incredibly. It is. Machine Head's version of Primus. Yeah, dude, and and it's incredibly. Beautiful. And for all, for all, I said it earlier in the episode. This is another good example, but this is something I I would beg you to like pull the lyrics up when you listen to it. But you don't need them. You don't need to. You only need to know. Sail into the. Dude. We sail into we, the. Black. We had a we had a a conversation about this song where we were like we we saw the same story but a little little bit different right but regardless of how you see the story uh there's definitely an epic tale being told and each time i feel that they say the word sail into the black throughout the song it means, it means something different yeah so like you this song is it's these at least in my mind's eye it's these vikings and they're sailing into the unknown and the first time you hear we sail into the black it's almost curious and inquisitive right, right you know right. what i mean but then that- the black they're referring to is just the unknown we're sailing over the horizon we're it's the first time we've gone west you know what i mean but the further we get in that that unknown becomes something that's not exactly known but we know it's not good you know no, it becomes ominous the next time we hear them go through a, a a series of three we sail into the blacks the black becomes less the unknown in a curious oh i can't wait to discover what's on the other side of this fucking horizon and more into this ominous looming danger right right now they know something wrong is gonna happen right it's there's a a looming danger and we sail into the black becomes that looming danger right and then you go the next level of that is basically like the danger is identified it's visible we're fucking rolling we're fucking doing it and 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 it's followed by this i don't even want to call it a guitar solo because once again it's almost just like a part of the song it's like where in 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 desaturating seven when you do uh when you do that song and and you could hear that the the creature almost kind of running through the wood knocking on the doors you see the fucking battle here right you you yeah when the guitar drops you see this battle. Oh my god, that's so it is dude. The, what the fuck, dude? Like, it is it is in my mind, it was the best of them. You know, well, we came to the conclusion of it was that he had a slightly different version of it than me, but either way, it it, it is it is the, the these Vikings witnessing the best of them engage in battle and he is shredding it and he's fucking everything up and he's fighting all the minions and all the fucking you know, lieutenants and a couple of captains have fallen by his sword, and he is—he is fucking grinding, and he is the best of them. And then there's this, and no- this isn't even the best of the evil has to. Offer. Yeah, no, you haven't—you haven't witnessed. They haven't in this in this in the cinematic thing that's happening. They haven't yet witnessed the black. They just—they're—they're—they're they're, they're fighting towards it, right? And then right. you get this note. I don't know this finality note. If there's ever actually been a the brown note, like right. that's the brown note. Like it it hits. It's the black note the is what black it is. Note. And it hits. And like I can't explain it, but you see this story come to a sudden end. And it's not- right. There's a glimmer of hope in these Vikings is watching the best of them fight through these hordes. And then that- this note, this black note hits. And it is a finality to this song 
Whereas the blackness is here. The blackness has said, nope, now you're done. You're done. And just squashed them like insects. <laughs> and it, it is, we sail into the black and the black now becomes death and the afterlife. Yeah. And uh, that it's, it is, it is, it is, it's an epic. It's a fucking epic. It is an epic. Hey man, we're, and now, we're at 40 minutes and we still got another, <laughs> we still got another album to do. <laughs> okay. I want to talk about this song because it's one of my favorite songs on the album. I know it didn't really affect you the way it does me. It's called Beneath the Silt. And it's very much in the vein of that Lamb of God song, uh, The Undertow, where it's just you're you're drowning against everything. And uh, the harder you fall, fight, the deeper you fall. You know what my beef is with Beneath the Silt? I figured it out because I went back and listened to it because I know how much you like that song. And typically we're in agreement on most of these things, right? I The reason why Beneath the Silt didn't land with me as hard is I felt like it was almost unfinished. I felt like that song should have been like, what, two fucking minutes longer. Like, I felt like there was more to be done. I wasn't done, and the song was done, and ah. That song, because they, they do this every now and again, it's almost like a, a slightly different. Oh yeah, it's, like if it's experimental. If they're this aggressive black, right? If, if you had to put Machine Head to a color, right? And they're this ab- aggressive black and red. Yeah. But then they have these, there's a couple of songs beneath the silt, um, eulogy off fucking ashes of empires where that color that you would describe machine head as becomes a purple right it's it's experimental it's different it's it's in a different vein but it's still very much that's something i also i noticed i want to com- i want to comment about this band they're fucking consistent dude like yeah they, they don't get me wrong their tracks vary it's not like Godsmack. it's not that consistent that's too consistent Godsmack. no they have a they have a consistent uh uh they, but they do different things in their consistency. Right, and it's 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 noticed and it's it's fire. Like I even want to say one of the bands that I always thought stayed really consistent was Mudbane, right? And they did an okay job. Right. They did a, a decent, good enough job. This band did an excellent job. Like, right. And you know what? Like, okay. So the the last album, Catharsis, is a really good example of them doing machine head like activities. But playing with the ideas Dude. that they usually don't play with. Like, it's a very political album. Yes. See, right? I, wait, I, I want to say, I'm not going to say that they've been childish before this. But this is the first album that as I'm going through and I'm listening, I'm like, these are stories and concerns and tales and feelings of a grown-ass man. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's There's there's a couple of the songs where he lament, like, California Bleeding and Triple B. <laughs> They're both there's they're both songs of like lamenting some of the, Boy, the the dumb shit he did as a younger man. I'm not letting you get away with that. Uh, when I was listening to California Bleeding, look, for those that don't know, for those that don't interact with this fucking asshole outside of the pot. Listen, I, I love that song. That song is fucking awesome. As soon as I heard that song talks about shit going on in the valley, and I'm like, yep, yep. Yep, yep. Highway 5 to the 99. I'm getting hit by the Fresno sign. Orion loves California. And for a song to be as long as that one is and to just make nothing but crude, over-the-top fucking California references the whole time. I was listening to that. And And they're real deep inside California references. He's not. It's not like California love where they're just like, you know, Hey, you know the cities everybody knows? No, yeah. It's no. He's talking about like Los Panos and uh, 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 fucking uh, uh, Santa Clemente you know, you and Barstow. When, and fucking, when you were saying earlier that you felt like this song or this song was a love. 
San Lorenzo. You were saying like you felt like that was a love letter to Machine. This is a love letter to Machine Head fans because this is old school fucking Bay Area, California, grindy, making all these California references that only a little garage local band in the Bay would fucking make and all these locals would get. Like, this is not a song that appeals to any kind of masses. So, like, don't get me wrong, it's an excellent song, but lyrically, it's directed to the motherfuckers that were there day one. You know what else is Catharsis is a two-part album. Right, so the first part of Catharsis, you're right. It's very much kind of like old school Machine Head. They're 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 hard and heavy songs. On, you know, Violate and fucking Triple Beam, Kaleidoscope is fucking Kaleidoscope evil. is and evil. And then you get to Bastards, dude. That did you get to Bastards? Another, you know, right? Wait, wait, wait. They were smart about this one. I think this was almost. Don't get me wrong. You'll you'll correct this when you talk about the song. But I almost feel like this was a joke to them because here we are. We just did California Bleeding, Triple Beam, and Kaleidoscope, right? And then all of a sudden, you get this sucker punch right in the gut of this super legit song about a father talking to his children. Yeah, and it, this song brings me to tears every time. And he's he's he's. he's He's upset at what he sees in the world and the state of the affairs around him, right? By the way, this is a 2018 album, so there was kind of a lot politically to say. And I want to say before you go any further that they were like, fuck you, Rage Against the Machine. We'll take it from here. Fucking A. And this is where the the, the split in the album happens is that bastard. Because the rest of the album is a little bit more what Machine Head has normally been doing over these last four albums. and it, But with a political twist to it, right? But with Bastards... Um, that the chorus of that song is so fucking beautiful. He goes, go ahead. He, he he talks about not. He goes. He goes. I'm bold. I'm strange, and I won't let your fears make me afraid. I fucking love that. I love that. That song is so meaningful. And and it's and once again, it's 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 clearly like something, you know, he's I, I don't know the guy, but I bet his kids are fairly young. And like this is almost like a message to them, maybe in case he's not around or some shit if he dies or something stupid in a plane crash. Like I feel like this is a straight up letter to his fucking kids telling them to be strong, it is. to not be shaken by the people that are gonna come at you because people are gonna fucking come at you and then there's even an example that he uses i'm not sure exactly what he's talking about but he was like today the darkness won and the light was consumed he was like but the message is that that's not the way it is it's gonna be okay you know yeah it's we gotta stand strong be bold be strange be weird don't fuck it just because the people around you are afraid doesn't mean you need to feed into their fear don't let their fears make you afraid. so real advanced listening uh fans will get this reference way early on in our show i want to say episode one maybe possibly two i might have brought it up twice i told you the story about the the chick i worked with that said that only people with fucking anger issues and only metal is only to you know what i mean it's just mindless pointless headbanging and and right 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 power and stupid shit like that right fuck dude and not that statement made me so mad i wish i could have thought about this album at that time i'd be like look bitch here's you some anger right here's you some concern for your children here's you concern not just for the politics of of this country but for the state of the world and 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 he literally makes statements throughout the album about people coming the fuck together about people about yeah he says listen there's a there's a point in it because yeah all right i fucking hate that the white powered bullshit it happens 
people put on metal sometimes. And dude, he was straight up, he fucking straight up rejects that shit in this song. He just says, look, I want everybody. I want Mexicans. I want you blacks. I want the Muslims. I want, I want gay people, straight people, trans people. I want all even, he even fucking even make sure we're, we're, we're stronger together now. We'll put them in our mix. We'll welcome them with open arms. And he even made sure, and I don't give a fuck how you feel about it. We're not going to say it on this podcast for, you know, obvious reasons. But he even used these derogatory slang terms, you know, because he's like, Yeah, he used it. He uses, he uses, he's, he uses it as a, as a way of saying, you know, call this him, is what you yeah. think of these people, yeah, exactly. right? Call well, fuck you. I'm going to take all the fucking insert racial and sexist and fucking homophobic slur here we'll take them we'll take them all give us the muslims the so-called terrorists we'll put them in our fucking arms and we'll fucking because we're better off together than fighting amongst each other because of your fear i love it i love it and so you want to talk about any anybody anybody that wants to fucking hate on metal and call it anger music go fuck yourself and listen to this episode no i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry listen to this album catharsis and then go fuck yourself yeah, right. Go listen to Bastards and advance your motherfucking listening. Ooh. listening players Nooch Yeah Ryan How'd you like to listen to Machine Head today Oh boy That sounds great Oh but Nickelback just dropped a new album That's okay Nickelback fucking sucks Hey, do do uh do do little Robbie Flynn's house, dude. All right, all right, all right. Do uh, it. Lazy, no good, do nothing, fucking stupid. You forgot, disrespectful and ugly. Shut up, bitch. Go make me a turkey pot pie. What about you, Dad? Fuck you. No, Dad. What about you? Fuck you. No, Dad. What about you? Fuck you! Nah, I don't buy it. It's all part of the band's image. Oh, you don't believe me? You believe this? Looks about the size of a cigar burn, doesn't it? See, this is what happens at little Robbie Flynn's house when you spill paint in the garage. Huh. Does that Did that come through as a clap? I was clapping. This has been... The advanced listening players. You know, hey, Nooch. Yeah. Hey, that was. You know, now we have to pay voice actors. I'm just. Uh, God damn it. I was. But it was worth every penny. Those people sounded just like us. They were amazing. They were fucking incredible. I. I. It was worth every penny. By the way, that is from a voice agency in Canada called We Can Sound Like You. They they absolutely did sound and and they got the cadence down, which is the best part. 
Yeah, it was really good. It, I will say, really the camp- hey, campiness, so campiness was a little over the top, but it was good. I love the campiness. That was the best part. So, <laughs> all right. I didn't get to talk about this, and I wanted to. I wanted to bring up Machine Head's double live album. In 2012, they released Machine Fucking Head, which is a double live album. It's, it's, it's one of my favorite double lives. And I love that, like, right around that time, there's a bunch of double lives that come out. Pa- Ramstein releases Paris. Uh, Slipknot releases 9.0. They, there's just... I, I love the double live album and that it came back in the 2010s through, you know... Like, recently, I believe that Nonpoint just released a double live, which is not... not you know, I'm not gonna... Good. I'm gonna go ahead and confess. I'm not. I'm not super big into live albums. Not. Not as like I don't like them. I just. I've never really done done them. Right. And then there is. Uh, there's a course one that I'll mention, and it's so obvious. I'm. I'm. I'm so fucking predictable, dude. But um, it's not even necessarily a live album. Well, I mean, it is because 9.0 is is the coupling with it. But right. There's uh, Disaster Pieces, which is yeah, a which is a live DVD. It's still right. it's the same thing. Live album, live concert DVD. That is, uh, I literally, like I said, I, I I have played that thing until it didn't work. By the way, wait, dude, I brought this up in a conversation off air. I'm dropping a bomb, right? You don't know I'm going to talk about this, but I'm about to. Do you have any idea how much your fucking Disaster Pieces DVD is worth right now? Uh, do you not care, but go ahead. You can't well, have my disaster pieces album. I, I don't fucking want it because I'm 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 sorry I'm flexing, but I went ahead and bought one. I had to. Um, How much did you pay for it? I had to pay hundred and twenty four dollars plus shipping. God damn. Well, well, listen, I have I have tools saliva uh, box set right, and I paid a hundred and forty for that. And but if you look it up now, it's about three thirty. Well, which is a good investment, but here's the problem with that, and this is not the the intended conversation, but I'm thinking about it. Is first of all, whenever I bought that, I was I, I, I'm not gonna say a scumbag. I've never been a true scumbag, but I was a shitty little early twenties, late teens douchebag, right? And Fair I, enough. I, I not only did I not take care of my shit, but I think I, everybody goes through a scumbag phase. Yeah, I was in the closest thing to a scumbag phase, so I didn't take good care of my shit. Not just that, but I literally played that bitch until it didn't work. I didn't know what I had, but I want all of you guys to think with I don't give a fuck what kind of music you're into. This album shit that they released, a live thing for this album or whatever for that album, that shit is a limited print. So right now it's just worth twenty bucks. Even fucking five years from now, it's just gonna be worth twenty bucks. But 10 years from now, 15 years from now, no one else is going to have any new copies. You know yeah, what I mean? I can't wait to show you my collection of live box sets. I can't wait to see them. We're going to dig into that because I'm going to be uh, chilling at your actual residence in less than a week, sir. F- five days and a wake-up, son. And that's going to be pretty cool. So I, I look forward to that. But, uh, you know, you got me thinking, though. Not just live albums because, like I said, I don't really do live albums. But you got me thinking about bands live right because we've I, well we've mentioned I, multiple times that that music is a live medium and that's honestly the way that it's kind of meant to be consumed and i do agree with you on that uh but what about bands that don't that you might as well you should just listen to the album bro don't go see the show or or whatever or the other side of that just live bands 
Well, all right. So there are bands that don't necessarily pull their weight live, right? Like you think they should be a lot better live than they are, but for whatever reason, the the, the sound isn't leveled out right. The uh, the amps they use are wrong for their sound. Whatever they they just don't perform very well. Yeah, there's something missing in their live performances. And then there are bands that carry all the fucking weight and are goddamn Superman and they're Herculean in their in their efforts on stage and bands like even like okay so rob zombie his music is basic ish you it's know very, i mean it's good it's in its simplicity basic. but it's still basic right. it's pretty basic but good god damn if he doesn't pull his weight live because because wait I'm, it's funny that you bring that up because rob fucking zombie which is i i love that we that anyway whatever rob zombie is 100% the definition of music that's meant to be consumed live because not yeah. not only is it is it wonderful in its simplicity but it's made for the fucking stage show dude it is yeah it, it, there's a lot of fucking there's a lot of really interesting shit going on in a rob zombie stage show and if you if you want to rock it in the headphones while you're at the gym or some shit like that like yeah don't get me wrong it totally fucking works but if you want to fucking experience rob mother fucking zombie in the epicness that he actually is that's a 100 live experience or i'll even say i'll give you credit if you do the dvds yeah there's a handful of bands that really like okay marilyn manson is one of those guys that's really good at both. he's incredibly good on the album you go and you see him live it's an incredible experience to see uh, a manson show dude you made me think of the other the other one i forgot and this dude it just hit me my fucking spine is tingling you're talking about long hard road out of hell no i'm talking about the guns gods and government dvd from marilyn hell manson yeah. what the fuck dude like so wait so check this out here's what the guns gods and government and i i don't do a lot of live shit when it comes to dvd so i can't speak to see if anyone's ever done this but what it is is it's one live track from a live concert it might be different songs might be different live things right but they all have the same really perfect audio quality so i am led to believe that it's from one concert right but the visuals that you're presented are a compilation of concerts right nice so but, you get one consistent audio track and, and then a, a variation of visuals and you almost can't tell that it's a very i mean you can tell it's a variation of visuals because it's clearly different shows right but as far as the way it's synced up and as far as the editing process whoever the fuck put that together i would stroke their pain dude yeah the, putting together the audio track to that visual track and then lining it up and syncing the guitar notes appropriately and the drum solos and the drum snares and the it's, fucking cymbal crashes appropriately. Exactly. It's incredible. It's, it's making my heart. I totally forgot about it until you brought up Manson. Anybody out there, dude, if you even give a piece of a fuck about witnessing live music, you got to find a way. I don't care if you YouTube it. You got to watch the guns, gods, and government uh, I, I guess it would be a DVD or a compilation. It's going to be like an hour and a half long because, like I said, the audio is that of a live show. So the um, so there's a couple of them that that really stand out to me, right? Machine Fucking Head Live is an amazing double live album. I don't. Right? It's a great set list, and it really shows you how how much weight that goddamn band pulls live. They're so fucking good live. They're better live than they are on the albums which very few bands can take can can say that they are uh, uh, 
in that category. You true, know what I mean? True that shit. It dude. is an incredible thing to witness. And like like I said earlier in the episode, you know, you'd think they'd be having to play some of these songs with sheet music in front of them. And when you see them play all of these long-ass, intricate-as-fuck songs live, you're just like, holy shit. And the closest thing to doing that without actually going is that live DVD. The other ones that I really enjoy, Ramstein's Paris is a spectacular, spectacular live DVD box set. Right, So you get the live album and you get the DVD, right? I've seen them perform uh, Firefight from that uh, from that show. I've never seen that entire show, but I've seen Firefight from that show where they have just got way too much fucking pyro going on. Yeah, the thing with that fucking show, pa- the Paris DVD was a tour they tried to get to, to worldwide. They wanted to do a worldwide tour with that fucking show, right? Right. The problem was, is there was about 15 venues on the goddamn planet they could do it at. Because there's just that much fire and there's that much hugeness. They do a song called An Angle where he comes out with giant robotic angel wings. You know, I want to talk real quick about a couple bands because we could actually go on and on for another two fucking hours about bands that pull their weight. And there's not a lot out there that I know of, but I want to talk about, uh, there's two that come to mind immediately, right? I'm just going to bring one up at a time. And it bothers me because I love, I fucking love both of these bands. Um, The first one I'm going to drop is Hurts to Say. Don't pull their way. It was actually, it was terrible. (laughs) Uh, System of a Down. Ugh. System of a Down Live can be either spectacular or just ugh. Now, I will say I wasn't at a show, right? It was, uh, and it wasn't even a DVD. It was just, it was a series of videos from a DVD, right? Like doing the the YouTube shit. But it wasn't like, it wasn't like somebody's camera phone or anything. It was, you know what I'm saying? It was fucking production value for the most part, but it was live. And, uh, bro. (laughs) I saw them live in Germany. Was it good? Right around the time of Mesmerize. Yeah. Oh, fuck. It was horrible. Dude, then that's like this. It's, it's, dude, whenever they synced their vocals up, whenever they just did it a little bit, I don't want to get too deep in the system of down because we're definitely going to give them their episode. Um, but whenever they just did it a little bit, it was cool because they had this weird harmonic thing that happened right. with voices. It was like Lane Staley and Jerry Cantrell. Once you get up to the mesmerized, hypnotized shit. Where dude's just singing all the goddamn time. It's fucking terrible, dude. And then that's right, about the not even, I don't even want to talk about the music. The, the show itself is terrible because you could tell nobody was talking to each other. That's you know sucks, what I mean? Like man. there was like an obvious tension between the band on stage, right? That's and sucks. like you've got this really distinct feeling like Serge just didn't want to be there. Man. Now, I got one more that I want to drop as far as not pulling the weight. And this one might hurt you a little bit because I know you really like this band. And before I go into this, I really like this band too. And this is not something I just pulled off of YouTube. This is a personal experience. I went to Welcome to Rockville. In I already know where you're going with this. I'm sorry, but I have to tell the story because it was a bad fucking experience, man. Have at it, Hoss. Uh, highly suspect god damn it yeah now here's some circumstances okay everything's different right a live show is a live show these are human beings here's the problem nooch you're not the first person that has told me that which the is thing, upsetting. 
and this, I'm not trying to just defend them. I'm, I'm being honest. I'm trying to look at the whole picture, right? The big picture. And the big picture is this. They are still human beings. And there were circumstances at play. I'm just saying none of the other bands acted like pussies about it. If that was the circumstance. But it was in Florida. It was summer. It was hot as fuck. It was humid as tits. It was like a primo day for the sun and its evil spirit to suck your soul out like Shang Tsung from Mortal Kombat. Right. So right. With, with that being said, the music sounded great. It sounded like a fucking borderline uh, album quality. Right. But that was right. That was a group of fucking zombies with sun hats on stage. Like they were all wearing like cargo shorts and like fucking sun hats. And there that was the no, point. There was no that disappoints me so much because. You're not the only person that's told me that they're kind of lackluster on stage, but they sound great. They sounded great. And it hurts my feelings because Johnny, the lead singer of that band, has so many like rock star qualities that you would think of in like a Mick Jagger or a fucking uh, Joey Perry or a fucking, you know, Dude. Robert Plant or something. And to hear that he's just not that great on stage kind of hurts my feelings. It looked like a collection of suburb dads up there playing the most epic covers you've ever heard, right? <laughs> that's, that's what it was like. It, 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 and and I, I'm sorry, I hate to bring it up. I know you're not a huge fan yet, but are you familiar with OTEP? Yes. I actually, I, I heard their cover of Breed by Nirvana, Nirvana's Breed. Yeah. And I was like, ooh, this is really good. They're great. I love them album-wise. I've seen them live twice, okay? And both times I got the same results, which is so upsetting. Um, music is on point, like basically off the album, right? And loud and powerful and growly, brutal. And she sounded great when she was singing, right? And that's why I'm bringing this up. It's because if you think about it, we've covered the whole spectrum. We got bands that... I got a, I got a band, though. I, 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 listen, you want to know a band? Go ahead, finish your OTEP story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I want to say, like, System of Down was Buck Wild on stage, but they sounded terrible, right? And then Highly Sussex right. sounded incredible, but, like, seriously, are you 70? Like, yeah, okay. nothing. Okay, now OTEP sounded great, performed great. Stage show was fantastic. But in between every song, that drunk bitch went on a 15-minute political rant that made me... Uh, now, given she's technically on my side, I'm kind of a liberal, I guess, and like she was talking about George Bush and shit, but it's like, shut the fuck up. I did not come here to listen to you cry about George motherfucking Bush. I mean, like I said, I saw him... You know what? All right. The same I got a band that... I got a band that's really good on the album. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what? Look, uh, the the whole her crying about W thing, right? Like, I, I okay, once. Not in between every song. You know what I mean? I, I, I don't like it when was, a band has to stop show. between every song and, and talk for five minutes. It was the like, whole show she did that shit for 15 minutes between every fucking song, dude. Like, dude, give me two or three songs in a row. And then give me a little interaction. And then give me two or three songs in a row. And then give me a little interaction. She was also That's what I want. She was also very, very drunk. You could tell when she spoke, right? She was very fucked up on song. Cool. But what awesome. Is, anyway. Um, so here's a band that I, I like. Their their albums are good, but I don't think they'll ever break out of this kind of middling role that they've found themselves in. It's non-point. Because when non-point plays live. There's something wrong with their levels. Like, shit gets drowned out. Like, you can barely hear the vocals. 
<clears throat> the guitar highs are almost too highs, and the drums don't need as much helping them. So, can I tell you a short but really sad story? Okay, we both, I think, feel about the same about Nonpoint. We love Nonpoint, right? Yeah, so, I like that band. It's a really good band. Good band. So, apparently, my friends tell me, and I'm not one to go get blackout drunk at concerts. That does not happen. That's actually never happened to me. The most fucked up I've ever been at a concert was when me and you went and saw Monomarth. Okay? Hoorah. But with that being said, apparently, I saw Nonpoint live at a Mudband show. Right, but right. I have no recollection of seeing that band on stage because I was I was having a conversation with my friends. I was like, "Bro, I want to see Nonpoint live," and they were like, "Motherfucker, you have seen Nonpoint live!" I'm like, what? Damn! And they were like, well, we went and saw Mudbane, bitch. They were the band before Mudbane." I was like, "You're fucking kidding me!" And they even showed me the ticket stuff. Goddamn, it was right. They're fucking Nonpoint, and I have so not memorable that I honestly was like pumped about <laughs> wanting to go see Nonpoint for the first time. <laughs> yeah. So I got one more band that that. All right, this is a band. All right, that likes to do the live album, right? In fact, their older albums. What they did was they went and played shows where they played their old stuff cover to cover for their ten year anniversary for their old albums. Yeah. And then put that out as a special edition with the live cover to cover version of the album. It doesn't seem pretentious. Who are we talking about? Goddamn. Amon Amarth. Oh shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> no, because listen, like. In, <laughs> in 2008, they did that. They redid uh, uh, one cent from the Golden Hall. They re- remastered it, right? And then right. they did the album cover to cover live, and then put out a double or uh, put out a, a special edition where you get the live album, right? But it was still only like nine bucks. You know what I mean? But you got the the album and the live version of the album. Well, yeah, fuck me, right? You're an asshole to and not they buy did that. that they did that for their first four or five albums, right? As they oh. hit their 10-year anniversaries. Okay. They did it for Twilight of the Thunder Gods. And that was, and, and as a band, that was really just amazing sounding live on the album. Twilight of the Thunder Gods live version is horrific. It is atrocious. It is. It sounds like you're the next stadium over doing maintenance and listening to a concert oh. that is playing in the next stadium oh, you know it's I, really disappointing it's not good you know when we, but didn't they do a so a couple of years ago they released pursuit of the viking a um on Amara double live album and it's and a lot of the songs that were on uh, uh that twilight of the thunder god album that just didn't work they did live on this album and it was fucking amazing it was tits that is a band that when you're seeing them live they pull they motherfucking wait you're as as you're talking you know when we started the segment i i wasn't sure of i was like man i'm i I, i'm not i'm not quite sure if i have a lot of i tell what we were falling into but i keep remembering things that i forgot right i saw don't forget to remember i saw lincoln park live right oh no i'm sorry well it was it was it was when it was before you realized that they gave you the best of what they had and they had nothing else to give you right <laughs> it was it was like right when they were like okay cool and i was an angsty teen too so like fuck you right. it was it was mission appropriate at the time right fair enough 
It was one of the worst concerts I've ever fucking seen, dude. It was a giant karaoke fest. You couldn't, and now Chester and Mike sounded good, right? If you could hear them, but there were, there were literally like, I'm making up the number. I don't know what capacity is, but it was a sold out show. So a sold out show of an arena singing every word to every song they literally told the crowd it was it was a giant karaoke concert it was fucking bad but it's not on lincoln park right it wasn't it was just everybody knew every goddamn song and so their songs are very simplistic right Uh, and that was that was a real fucking that was like you want your songs to be sung back at you but not louder than you're singing them all the time. Now, if are have you? I understand since your military time, right? You're no longer really a a, a, a mosh pit person for for physical reasons, right? Right. Um, but with that being said, before your time in the military, were you a pit guy? Yes. And, and the pit? only concert that ever made me bleed was a a Machine Head concert. Yeah. And I went and saw Pantera once. I came back from the Pantera show. I had no idea about this, right? I have a perfect boot. You know the, the like ridges of a boot, right? <laughs> yeah. On the small of my back, I have a bruise where you can clearly see the indentation of a motherfucking boot. I have no memory of falling down. I have no memory of being kicked. I have no memory of being stepped on. Doesn't matter. Is this purple and pink and red bruise where you can, I can see the fucking tread lines, man. Doesn't matter, dude. Doesn't matter. Move on. Still, still moving. Ain't dead. Can't. Fair enough. Um, you know, one of the best pits I've ever been in is actually somebody who I don't really, I wouldn't go and buy their albums. I'm not a huge fan. For me, this is more of like a borderline strictly live medium, right? Okay. Hate breed. Yeah, Hatebreed pits are monstrous. It was, they did, uh, you know how, uh, Lamb of God gets all the credit, but they're not the only, they don't have a copyright on it, right? It's not their thing. Other people I do. Think, I think the, when I saw Hatebreed, I, I think it was one of the one pits that I was like, nope, nope, well, sit over there. whenever I saw them with Slipknot in 04, right? Oh, that's a good time. It's a great time. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, but they, uh, they did the split the pit. They did the wall of death. Oh, yeah. For those that don't know, I'm going to be quick, but I'm going to explain the wall of death. Now, typically when you're in, quote, the pit, you have bought pit seats, and it is standing room only, typically very close to the stage. But it is not necessarily a mosh pit, right? What will happen is small mosh pits will form within the pit, right? Right. Yeah, what you're doing is you're just kind of like swaying and jostling with the crowd, and you're you're crammed in there. It's amazing. And but, sometimes a pit will form right next to you, but you become the borderline wall because you're not involved, right? Right. Right. With the wall of death, if you're on the floor, your motherfucking ass is involved. You do not have an option. Like, you better get There's out. There's no choice. There's no choice. And it was the coolest i hear a lot of people i can see people cringing right now thinking about that but what i'm telling you is there's a setup to it you know it's coming and if you didn't get out bro it's on you because only the strong want to fucking i'm not saying i'm just bro i did i did it i've done the wall of death the wall of death is basically the braveheart line where they run at each other so you get you get you separate the crowd into two sides of the stage and then everybody runs at each other like a braveheart movie and then the entire pit area is a mosh pit. Yeah, it's fucking amazing. It is fucking amazing. 
There, so Hatebreed is gets five big fat fucking golden stars for a live band for me. Because the thing is, is even if you're not in the pit, or even if you left the pit, if you were smart and got the fuck out before they pulled off the wall, you still saw that shit. You know what I mean? You were like, holy fuck, dude! That was like, yeah, that's like some CGI type shit. That is just bodies on top of fucking bodies. It's on top of bodies. It is. It is really, really awesome to watch. It's very, very. Uh, ridiculous to be a part of when you're like in the middle. Like I've never, I've never been on the front, but I've done it I once, and I was no, in the middle. I did not frontline it, no. And you know, because there's no going back. Everybody yeah. behind you is running forward. Yeah. Everybody in front of you is running at you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay. All right. That's dude. And then wait, I got one more for you. I ain't even mentioned this before on the podcast. I got one more. One more. One more. Um, and it's a short fucking story. The day that Shine Down outshined Five Finger Death Punch. Pretty much the story. That was uh, Shine Down was opening, right? Five Finger was the fucking headline. Right. Right, fucking shine down. Put right. on a great show, dude. He was so energetic, and they had one of those uh, runway stages where he came all out to the crowd and shit. Right, and and he was, it was great. It was a fun show, and they sounded good. Right, and then Five Finger came on with their little bullshit fucking pyro, and he was just acting like a fucking cuck, and just like it was not. And I don't even mean that on a personal level. I just mean the show wasn't good. And I was like, damn, <laughs> I was like, damn, shine down, kicking him in the nuts, son, like, in the nuts. Yeah, man. Hey, so do you have a concert? All this machine head shit, right? All right. This machine head shit we've talked about. You gotta have a machine head concert. I'm sure you have plenty. But just I have multiple. Well, give me, give me a, give me a taste, baby. Give me a taste. All right, I'll give you my, I'll give you a really good Machine Head concert story. Yeah. Um, so one of my bucket list items is uh, I wanted, I've always wanted to be at a concert where they're doing like a live DVD or a live CD recording, right? Yeah. Well, I've always wanted to do that, right? So. My wife surprises me with tickets to to go see Machine Head in San Francisco. Um, it's a con. It was a show called An Evening with Machine Head, right? No opening act, no middle act. It was just Machine Head for a little over three and a half hours. Oh my god! And they, and at this show, they were filming the live DVD that would eventually be coupled with the Catharsis album right so if you bought the special edition catharsis album you got this dvd it's on the internet too and they do all like two hours of of the fucking three and a half hour concert right? and that's the sh- that's the show that you're at right and this is the show that i'm at Fuck. it's three and a half hours of machine head right and it was amazing i yeah they they played the descend the shades tonight and almost made me cry they yeah. um they hit me with wait, 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 I gotta jump in. What what was your seating like in this? Did, were you were you good? Were you good? Where were oh, you? It was at the Regency Ballroom in the way that the Regency is is they have a horseshoe uh balcony, right? And we yeah. were second row balcony just off to the right of the stage oh yeah oh baby no left of the stage just off to the left of the stage right so we were stage left mm. and uh 
they 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 did something wonderful when they played the darkness within right rob came out with a fucking acoustic guitar and they played the whole first verse the both verses with the acoustic guitar right and then then he by himself played the uh electric solo version to the to the song right by himself a cappella if you will and then the rest of the band comes out and they go back through the solo again and it was fucking amazing and then they uh they hit you with aesthetics of hate imperium that's the show where i saw him play vim just by itself two minutes drums of vim and then they come out you want to play vim and he goes yeah and then they go and then played another song (laughs) (laughs) that do you know okay so at least on that album that's my favorite song on that album so if that would have happened i i think even as a good of a time as that would happening that would have affected me i would have felt that in the guts you know, I'm like, oh shit, but then no. Well, I would, yeah, like you said, you got like what two and a half minutes of him just fucking shredding it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay, I would have been alright. Okay, so uh, we're at, in the middle of this show, right? And I again, it's the greatest concert I've ever been to in my life, right? Right. Because it's my favorite band in my favorite city playing for three and a half fucking hours, and the the, the hour and twenty minutes that they don't put on the DVD is all like really insider fucking machine head shit right and i love i love that you didn't have to listen to any fucking cuckold fucking other bands dude no nothing just machine head just machine no opening act we ain't fucking with that shit fuck that yeah. shit yeah um during this concert at a certain point this rather drunk larger lady let's say larger yeah is l- leaned over the balcony and headbanging way past the fucking balance point by mind you yeah, she's getting over it. the balcony she's getting it right she's getting and everybody's it. like woohoo go lady and i'm i feel like i'm the only one in the audience going no pull that lady back uh fuck that lady i would have her because if she falls and ruins this goddamn concert for me i'm gonna <laughs> stab her i love how it has nothing to do with the actual life of the human being itself it's like look bitch if they stop this concert you better hope the fall kills you because come I, I swear to god if this bitch falls and i lose out on like two more hours of machine head because this bitch is dumb i'm gonna stab the fuck out of her someone is getting stabbed some motherfucker right now who someone <laughs> Look, if she's dead, then I'm going to stab the lady there or the dude that she was with so for ho- not holding on to her belt loop. So Someone's getting stabbed in this motherfucker. So what happened? Did she? What happened? No, what nothing. She's just drunk, right? And then she disappeared for a while, and I was like, oh, whew. And then she came back and did it again. <laughs> and my obsessive, compulsive ass just... Like, if that's like, leave it alone, she's fine, she's not going to fall. And I'm like, bitch, better not fall. I can oh, actually, I can imagine, because keep in mind, I've been out with you in public at a uh, at a concert, which, by the way, you guys think this motherfucker is a lot on the podcast. Just go with him to a concert. I can just imagine you looking over and being like, hey, hey, lady, stop. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> You're going to fall. <laughs> Bitch, if you ruin this for me, I'll fucking never forgive you. I will come again. <laughs> I can actually see you interacting like, quit it. No, hey, can is that? Can I give you, when you tell me the story, I always tell you the story. We repeat this story to each other, by the way. Can I give you the, the saddest unconcert story? 
Yes. So I'm, I'm I'm in a weird point in my life. I'm not doing that well. I'm not going to go into it. Let's just say I don't live in a very stable environment, right? And um, right. the advertisement hits that an evening with Primus is is yeah. coming, is coming to Little Rock. And for those that aren't familiar with, like what he just said and what I just said, anytime you hear an evening with, it's going to be like a good two and a half, three hour show at least. And there's not anybody else you have to fucking listen to. You just go listen to your band. Right. right. And I, my heart melted and I'm like, fuck yeah, an evening with Primus. I'm going, bro. No problem. Um, the day came and like I said, I, I won't go. Yeah, fuck it. I'll go into it. I was homeless at that at that ex- exact moment, um, and without a fucking dime dime to my my name and nothing to even barter with, right? So there was no evening with Primus for me, and uh, I, I I I still kick myself in the ass for like not I don't know I could have fucking sold some drugs or stole a bike or fucking stole a lawnmower or beat up a kid or I could have got some money, <laughs> but, right? But I didn't listen. I, I I've seen Machine Head live maybe 11, 12 times, right? Yeah. There's a song that they have that I absolutely adore. That that just they don't play live. They just don't, right? It's called a farewell to arms. They just don't play the yeah, song. Yeah, we live. discussed that. For whatever reason, in the episode, man, for sure. They played it once in England, right? And then right around the time we were buying our house, and we were just goddamn drain every dime cent penny looking through the couches all the fucking shit in the ashtray in the car you know what i mean every fucking penny we had was going into buying a house and moving into the new house right yeah and machine head goes hey we're going back to do another evening with machine head we're just going to do san francisco la the fucking there was like five cities that they were doing right yeah and- bay area socal bitch <laughs> yeah right that was it that's it just that, that, we're just gonna do a handful of cities and they played a farewell to arms in San Francisco at that show. And I just, I had zero, zero, zero wiggle room because I was buying a fucking house. Yeah, it couldn't happen. And I'm still like, it hurts. It hurts. God damn it. Yeah. God fucking damn it. That's good, man. Hey, so wait, wait, wait. Before we do earworms, because I got a good one for you, I think. Before we do, I got a good one too. There was a song that I listened to today that I meant to bring up. I think it's on Catharsis. It is. It is. Uh, what is it? Is it Switchblade Smile? Razorblade Smile? What is that shit called? Razorblade Smile. Dude. <laughs> we don't have to quote any of the lyrics. That's fine. But I'm just going to say, like, what the fuck, man? Like, Machine Head broke home. It, pull it back, Machine Head guys, fellas. No. Like, no. That- that we didn't really get into the second half of catharsis because the second half of that album like he's got one where it goes uh so drag me through the trough my vietnam cough now take the fucking straight jacket off my power is regained he's talking about like taking the straight jacket of ptsd off and then regaining his power and murdering everybody who tried to tell him he was weak because he had ptsd and sometimes i listen to that song and i i i Full disclosure, I kind of want to stab my therapist sometimes. Well, don't I do would, that. I, now, I, realize, now, I recognize yeah, now, now you've admitted it the, on a podcast. So. Disclaimer, like, I've told her that. You know what I mean? And she's like, well, well why? And I'm like, because, you know, sometimes I feel like you make me feel weak for, you know, justifying some of this PTSD shit that I have. Right. You know what I mean? Like, it's not 
a secret and I would never, ever, ever do it because I love my therapist. She's actually a sweetheart. I'm the asshole, by the way, in that equation. <laughs> I don't doubt that, dude. I've met you. <laughs> um, but real quick, that... Oh, you hear that? They're looking for me. Can you hear the helicopter? Yeah. I, the, the, we have the house surrounded. Come <laughs> out with your bong in the air. No, you'll, you may take me, but you'll never take my bong. Right. You can have, you can pry my bong from my cold, dead fingers. That's right. I'll die with a lighter in my hand. Um, bury me with my glass piece. I, I joke not. Um, anyway. Um, yeah. Right. Th- that song, that Razorblade razor smile. Is that saying that right? Yeah. It's basically the short version is because I really want to put that one on the fucking playlist. This is like one of their lyrically probably the most offensive shit they've ever wrote and it's just all out nonstop. It's basically them telling a tale of the grungiest, dirtiest I Ray Craig, sorry buddy, motherfucker <laughs> that you've ever fucking even imagined. Just without a It's the worst night you can ever imagine and it's just a Tuesday for but, them. Yeah, he's totally cool with it, right? It's the worst lifestyle you could ever possibly but he's like he's down and so that song's on the playlist that you can find on spotify advanced listening season one a living entity it changed a living entity it does it's yeah so let's get let's get to it what is this earworm that you've been making me wait on bro i don't drop a lot of rap right i I really don't because uh, i'm into a lot of rap but I, I have weird picky taste and it's a very specific conversation that we'll have one day. But I found this guy not too long ago who for me is something fresh and original in the worst time for hip hop and rap ever right now. Rap right. in my opinion. How I feel rap, about Kung Fu Vampire, by the way. Right. Rap is at an all time sad state when it comes to the masses, right? Except for Tech Nine. If you start to look a little underground, which Tech Nine just busted up like a zombie because that's what he does. But if you Ooh. if you look a little underground, you'll find several rappers that are really impressive. One of those dudes I'm gonna drop on you today, his name is Ghost Mane. Right? And Ghost Mane? Yeah, Ghost Mane, all one word, right? He is this super super tatted up, long-haired white dude that loves metal right and his his cadences are fast he's a chopper right uh for those that don't know that's whenever you can put a bunch of shit together in very quick succession right so he's mm-hmm. he's a chopper and he does i'm familiar with the term yeah he's got these several these like three or four very distinctly different voices that he uses right so uh the song that i'm gonna uh, drop is called bone saw right Bonesaw. Bonesaw by Ghostman. And there's another one. I can't think of the name, or I don't know how to spell it, and I don't know how to pronounce it, but I know the song when I see it, and I'll, I'll we'll have that one too. So there will be two from Ghostman on the playlist. That's funny that, that, you, that you're doing two, because I also have two specific songs. What you got, buddy? And, and by the way, we couldn't be more radically different on our earworms this week. Oh, yeah? I mean radically different. Yeah, what yeah. you got, dude? So the other, like I said, last Saturday, I was just listening to randomly listening to my iTunes playlist, which I have a very extensive iTunes playlist. Um, I don't want to flex. I'm not going to drop numbers. You're flexing. They're large. Stop it. Stop it. They're Stop. very large. Stop. They are large. It's a, never mind. Stop it. Anyway, 
I came across a song that I hadn't heard in a cool summer's day, and it reminded me of how fucking grungy and and dirty and just dark and hollow this band used to be before they got all poppy. It's a song by a band called Filter. <laughs> oh the man, song is called the song is called Spent, and it is just this grungy, muddy hollow depressed with like the but depressed but like in the way that uh, uh a trade who is depressed after his horse drowns in the mud but he knows he has to keep grinding forward you know what i mean you, can you really just drop that on me right now how the fuck dare yeah, you love you, spent. You, you stop it love that song and the other song that i want to i want to drop well, no, 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 no. You can't just gloss past the fact. My long walk in the to jail. Oh. It, they're two of my favorite filter songs. They're just grimy and filthy and greasy. And and just a filter that that does not exist and hasn't existed for a long time. But uh, the tones that he uses in his voice and then the, the filth coming off of those greasy-ass guitars. You know what I mean? greasy ass guitars it's been so long since i listened to old filter i really don't even i i I have mind you and also want to point out that i am doing a podcast with a complete fucking monster because he just acknowledged the death of a treyu's horse in a borderline comedic fashion and he just moved right past it yeah you know what? I laughed at that when I was a little kid, too. That's how much of a horrible... My mother thought that I might be a, a, a psychopath because I uh, we're watching that movie, The Horse Dies, and I laughed. And I'm like, ah, because you still have to get out of the mud. You can't I... even cry. Get through the mud, I... bitch. <laughs> I have the same concern. <laughs> that moment. Yeah. Dude, that's what <laughs> moments in cinema history dude. he's trying to fucking get through the mud while he's bawling like a bitch oh, crying to betray you your fucking oh, horse died get out of the mud the mud is gonna get you the nothing feeds on you crying you are feeding into your enemy's power goddamn bitch you goddamn bitch you bitch <laughs> alright you got anything else man Hard by the way, okay, fuck you, because I still remember the name of the horse was Artax. Well, you're doing better than me, then. I By didn't... the way, that would be a great metal band name, Artax. I'm sure it's out there. We're, we're going to do an episode on Artax next week. Right? There is a band called Atreyu. Well, yeah, I mean, but... Uh, I mean, there is a band, and it's called Atreyu, you <laughs> asshole. Is it, though? Is yeah. it? Yes, they play... <laughs> A form of music, but, and their name is a Treyu. But do they? Yes, <laughs> technically. All right, all right, yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that fucking horse drowned in the mud. <laughs> I fucking hate you. <laughs> Can we just stop it here? I fucking. <laughs> You're gonna drive me to drinking. Yeah, you know what that horse didn't do? That horse yeah. didn't advance its listening. Oh, I hate that mud in its ears. I hate you. You love me. I hate you. You love me.